0: Backlog Dialogues, the podcast that digs you out of your backlog before it burrs you. I'm John, and joining me as always are Mickey and Cherithi to my Yozora. So I'm just thinking of
1: Yozora, he has, has these two horrible little creatures on leashes. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> oh, are, are you thinking of that meme of stupid, stupid, pretends to be smart, but is stupid? <laughs> Something
1: like that, yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> well, Yozora just pretends to be, we don't even know what,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, we you, you don't know much about Yozora yet. Anyway, I'm Matt. <laughs>
1: I'm always so worried about getting your name in, Matt. Yep. Well, who are you?
0: You don't say your name. I feel my reputation precedes me. That's okay, Jared. (laughs) Yep, that's good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wanted to see if you'd let that pass or not.
0: So, this week we are doing the Kingdom Hearts 3 post game, which consists of secret reports and then all the DLC. Um, The DLC is actually super important and, like, actually, like, counts as the true ending of the game so it's pretty big <laughs> throughout the season i was trying to get a lot of completionism stuff out of the way beforehand just so like we don't have to go into it uh at this point you should have you'll you should have most of the resources necessary to do all your crafting ultimate weapon in this game is very good uh let's talk a bit about ultimate weapon real quick
1: <laughs> you should have i didn't realize we were actually a let's play strategy guide
0: no uh-huh. If you played along with us, you'll have all the things you need to uh, get 100 percent. Maybe not. I have no idea if we if I succeeded in doing that or not. But the ultimate weapon in this game is really fucking cool.
2: (laughs) It's it's actually a lot of fun. It has a a lot of really
0: cool moves and its form change is a lot of fun. And it has a cool shot lock. Yeah. So it's form change. What is it called? I I don't even think I put this in the notes and I should have. It's just Uh, ultimate form. Ultimate form. Yes. Uh, Simple enough. It, it actually makes the
2: keyblade into a genuine sword, but it's yeah, a it, kind of like a smallish long sword rather than a cartoonishly huge buster sword type thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like almost
2: like a falchion, I want to say. Well, a falchion has a curve. This one is straight. I'm not that yeah. good at swords. <laughs> it's more It's more of a just a kind of plain long sword. Yeah. It has a heart decoration at the hilt. Mm -hmm. And it just overall looks like a very fast, agile sword that's suitable to the to Sora's overall fighting style.
0: Also, it basically puts you into final form from Kingdom Hearts 2 while you're wielding it. And you can do all sorts of crazy, like summoning swords all over the place. You basically are just turning into a fucking blade sword magic person. Lots of swords. Yes. Very sword. Much sword. Mm. And the super move, the finishing move is a bunch of swords. Uh, it has only one shot lock that you have to fully charge to do, and it's only one hit, but it is a fucking screen-sized nuke. i know, I'd call that Claymore.
1: That sword's pretty long compared to Sora's body. But he's wielding it one-handed.
2: Yeah, yeah. well, that's because he's an anime boy. Valid. It it doesn't look to the the proportions of a of a buster sword or anything to me, but it is well, no, hard. But a buster sword is a, is a comic, is a comic joke of yeah. a sword. It's so <laughs> big that, that anyone
1: tried to make a real one can't get it. above their, their waist. The shot
0: lock is called infinity circle.
2: They, oh yeah, that's the one. And it actually leaves a really big black and
0: white smoldering crater when you use it. Like it's really fun to use. And like, I'm not going to, Not get too much into the details, but like my main strategy for finding secret bosses in this game was get them with a combo, hit them with a spell towards the end of it. Then like while they're stunned in midair, hit them with a fully charged infinity uh, circle.
1: Kind of looks like he makes a great big like orb magic array with with just different um, patterning and like change throughout and it just explodes. Yep, Mm.
0: it's pretty big. It's basically a, a magic nuke. There are other Keyblades as well, but um, talking about them at this point, I didn't, like, play around with them much. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Oblivion and uh, Oathkeeper exist. They both uh, have very similar moves. Uh, Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway, let's go on. Mostly mostly you're going to want to use Ultima Weapon once you get it. It's just very strong.
0: I have seen some really stylish videos of people, like, using Oblivion and Oathkeeper, like,
1: Oh, my God, They made a keyblade out of a switch. Mm.
0: Uh, just like switching between them, building up their form changes so they can just like have this super long uh, time period of double form, which is both those keyblades active at once. It's mm. pretty damn cool looking. Uh, anyway, let's get started talking about the secret reports, which is the most important thing you can do in the base game after you've completed the game.
1: Basically, what you got to do is we're going to be running around all the old maps looking for those horrible
2: uh, portals from Dream Drop Distance. Yep. Yep. They call them Battle Gates this time.
0: Yeah. I have no idea why they didn't put this in the main game, like why you have to beat the game first to get all these. Uh, but at the same time, the things that they give you, which are secret reports, are all like uh, planning ahead for the future. So I kind of get why they like, like if they're going to do it this way if they're going to make all the reports talk about things that are to come rather than that, things that have happened, yeah, you probably got to make them post-game.
2: Well, actually, they're they're not all things that are to come because a lot of them are actually well uh, explanations of Xehanort's origin.
0: It's more like, not like things to come, but like information that is only relevant for us going forward. Yeah, it's like. setting up things to come,
2: but it's yeah. giving us relevant information from earlier. Mm.
0: Yeah. So let's get started. First one, Battlegate number one is in Olympus. I believe this one is just a
2: generic. Uh, a, w- a bunch of wave of of melee type enemies.
1: Yeah, so it's not. That well, big. no, it's got all sorts of enemies, um, all sorts, and also has a wonderful glitch that before I gave up on battle gates, I got stuck here because apparently one enemy sometimes clips right out of the level and then it never finishes. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I had the reset completely. Mm-hmm. Oof. That's not good. All right. And and I looked uh, it up. Apparently other people experienced it, but I gave up after a few battle gates anyways. But this, is, this still sticks in my head. Huh.
2: Yeah, I know that I if I remember correctly, either Battlegate one or two is actually the preferred way of grinding experience up to level ninety nine, because even later. I think it's Battlegate nine. That's the preferred one. But oh, yeah, something like that. It's one of the ones in. In uh, one of these, but regardless. Yeah, yeah, you gain a lot of XP doing it. Yeah, and I think as
1: it's worth talking about them, except I think we need to get through all of these. We just sort of take it as written. Most of what
0: we know about the game. Yep. Now. Sure. All right. So, winning Battlegate One gets you Secret Report One, and I believe this is going to be me because this is an unknown female voice.
3: Recollections. Am I alive? I woke in a cell
0: alone until the researchers came with their tests and their prodding to uncover my identity. I had no answer to offer them. Four friends and a key. That is the sum total of my memory.
3: I could not even recall my name. I was simply called X there. My only solace was the time I spent talking with the two boys who would visit from time to time.
0: One day, a man came to take me from the prison. I could not see him for the darkness save that he wore an eye patch. Even now, years on, I feel no closer to understanding who or what I am. May my heart be my guiding key." let's talk okay, about so that for a brief there, moment folks yeah
1: was her name x or key or chi or she what was their name exactly
0: uh
2: i have no I idea it was x just yeah uh just x or perhaps the
0: mark of the recusant no but I, I think it's x and not key here because that's the way it's rendered in the game if it was yes. like if it was a key it would have been a key in game so this is an x not a key who is this person well, we don't know. They're probably the
2: person that Isa and and Lee were talking about. Saves yes. Yes. Because the two boys are probably them.
1: That part's yeah. not too hard to guess. I mean, yeah, they've been probably the only direct narration we have about this character. And
0: mm-hmm. we also get that Bragg took them out of the prison. Yep. Um, before, <laughs> I couldn't you? see their face, but I
1: definitely saw the dark eye patch that was there. Anyways, mm. yeah.
0: we know all that. But who is this person?
1: I mean, I feel like any speculation, I'm just falling down a rabbit hole and somehow Nomura will know and laugh.
2: It can't be a form of anyone we know, probably, because we they have to have existed for a long time, way back in before the fall of Radiant Garden and Ansem the Wise.
0: So so I've discussed this a little bit with Kinzeem uh, in the Discord Uh I know they have a different theory than I do about this, but my theory for this has been for the last few years. Oh shit. It's what is it? Ava? Ava's the Ava. one that did, didn't show up. Yeah. That's my theory for it. Uh, Cause
2: Ava is the one that's missing in our final scene. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Ava's missing.
0: Luxu said
2: that Ava
1: finished her role. And so he yeah. seemed disappointed, but not surprised that she was there. If I had to describe his reaction.
0: Yeah. And there's that note of four friends As a part of it, and I don't know if you if Ava would consider the other foretellers friends, but there's four others of them that that like would be fresh in her mind. So well, there's there's also the
2: thing is that Ava also made friends with a bunch of the dandelions, so they could be be uh, referring to people from that group.
1: My my vague understanding is Union Cross also has like a set of five or six that could be it. So one of them be that, but I don't know enough to even give a name there.
0: So, yeah, uh, when we come back to Kingdom Hearts one before Kingdom Hearts four, uh, we will probably uh, reevaluate our priors once we meet more characters from that. But for now, <laughs> my guess is Alba. <laughs> OK, cool. Uh, let's carry on. Battlegate number two is also an Olympus.
1: This one's the only thing worth noting is they put a couple of those giant rock trolls in there, so you're fighting two bosses and every so often respawning ads. Yep. Yeah.
0: Winning this one gets a secret report, too, which appears to be from the perspective of young Xehanort.
1: Mark of Mastery Journal. Some days have passed since I solved my journey to prepare for the Mark of Mastery examination. Ericus asked for leave to undertake the same pilgrimage, but apparently I am to be first to two of the worlds written of in the old fairy tales. Until a few short years ago, I'd known only my own world, a speck of land surrounded by sea. But how I dreamed of yearned for the world beyond and granted guidance for the future, I left that nest behind. As I treaded the path to my master's side, I came in contact with darkness in many forms. I knew even then, as by instincts, terrifying as its power was, it could be harnessed, mastered. Ericus is a blueblood, descended from the very first masters in the age of fairy tales. But I did not come this far to indulge in adulation. I will be his peer." is equal. And to do that, I must learn to wield the power born for both darkness and light in proper balance.
0: It's interesting getting Xanor's perspective from like when he almost is like a very Sora like person mm-hmm. start. You could tell that his mind's already been messed with a bit. Like he
1: he definitely yeah. can tell he knows that the future has happened. And mm-hmm. he, he's as he mentioned his memories wouldn't be clear from that. A lot of it is almost like he's instinctively is how he describes it.
2: Yeah. There, there's also a bit of hint that perhaps Yen Sid's thing with the Mark of Mastery exam isn't as unprecedented as we might have thought. Because we he does talk about going to tour the worlds written of in the fairy tales, which kind of implies that the Mark of Mastery exam might be going to worlds that other people cannot ac- normally access anymore, a.k.a. sleeping worlds.
0: So what the heck was with uh, Aqua and Terra's Mark of Mastery examination that was just a weird fight? Maybe
1: that was just maybe that was just the uh, the practical, the
2: end of it all.
0: That could be it. Or, you know, like it it seems like it doesn't it
2: can take different forms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so maybe Ericus just wasn't giving them that for whatever reason. But it seems like perhaps the perhaps he didn't want to send them into as much danger as they had to go through things
0: like that. Maybe he's trying to show Xehanort that you don't have to teach do the market mastery through that method. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like because like Xehanort is there to observe. So maybe mm. this is like a maybe Ericus is just kind of like trying to prove something to his friend, like, hey, you don't have to do that thing that seemed to mess with your mind a little. Maybe Ericus did notice a little. <laughs> hmm.
1: And like I said, I just I find myself curious what would be a blue blood in this sense. Because that's what he calls Ericus. So we don't say it or it comes from Destiny Islands, just like out in the rural zones, but mm-hmm. what is Ericus' lineage in fairy tales?
2: Well, mm-hmm. clearly it seems that Ericus must be be descended from the foretellers. Or, or someone that one in the Master of Masters. Or one of the dandelions.
1: I just can't imagine someone tolerating that guy long enough to have a kid with them. Oh
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's move on to Battlegate 3, which is in Twilight Town, and it's a nobody swarm. I believe this is even where you like the one place where you fight berserkers. Oh, something Uh, like that.
2: This one's nasty because of the berserkers, if I remember correctly. Now we move Uh, to not Xehanort
1: in Terra Xehanort.
2: Yep. Secret Report 3. Experiments of the Heart Notes on Subject X. Excerpt 1. Subject was found in the central square shortly after dawn. Female, approximately fifteen years old. After seven days' observation, she spoke her first words, but could not provide a name. Subject exhibits signs of profound amnesia, and it displays concern about which world this is. Her words suggest that she departed her homeworld with others, though she cannot recall the names of her erstwhile companions. All efforts to explore those memories have met with a rejection response. After his initial experiments on me, Ansem the Wise ceased his research into the heart, his hand stayed by some fear I cannot fathom. Yet this new subject is like me, devoid of memories. She is the perfect sample upon which to continue my master's work. She, too, could benefit from it. By traversing the heart, we have a direct path into memory. I myself have begun to reclaim my lost past thanks to these very experiments. Who is she? Whence has she come? These are questions no scientist could ignore. And the words she muttered,
0: may your heart be your guiding key. Xehanort I don't, so, yeah, what can we, ha- this, I don't know how much we have to discuss here beyond just, like, this is building a bit of, like, backstory for Xanort regaining himself and his plan. Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely very strange sort of thing here. Like, why he is that Ansem the Wise hooked this guy he found with no memories and apparently just experimented on for a bit?
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what we know about what Ansem the Wise did when they found Terranort in the yeah. in Radiant Garden.
0: But like, um, so Xehanort here is just like, all oh, that experimentation was fine. I'm going to start doing it on this girl now.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, they he experimented. Lance the Wise experimented on me and I turned out fine.
0: So what's the <laughs> harm? <laughs> I turned out fine. What's... <laughs> Don't mind all the brain damage, damage, damage. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Battlegate 4, which is in Toybox. I really don't have anything to say about these fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, the Battlegate 4 in Toybox? Is uh, so that the one we have to fight all the Gigases? That's 5. 4 is not that hard. All right. F- Battlegate 4. Secret Report 4. Also, is from the perspective of Terra or Yeah. The story's still going.
2: <laughs> Experiments on the heart. Notes on Subject X. Excerpt 2. Subject memories have not returned, and our conversations remain less than lucid. What fragments can be gleaned evoke a bygone world, like one out of fairy tales. As probable as it seems, the question may not be where she has come from, but when. If she truly has crossed through time, the prospect of probing her heart is all the more compelling. My pilot studies used a handful of subjects, but none possessed the fortitude to endure them. Ultimately, all suffered mental collapse. I knew it would be a heavy blow to lose a subject as unique as she. Upon discovering the tests I've been conducting, my master demanded that I cease my work immediately and destroy what research I've compiled. Worse still, he ordered the release of my remaining subjects. She is gone. Where is subject X now? Has wise Master Ansem hidden her away? Whatever the case, I will not be deterred. I will take her place as the first subject in the grand experiment to come. Xehanort.
0: So I think it, what, at least what this is telling us is that Xehanort is definitely not in on all of Bragg's scheming right now because Bragg has like secreted away this mystery subject under his nose, basically. And we know Bragg was kind of like, Poking at Xehanort while he was working with Anson the Wise, because we get that from what was at the end of Earth by Sleep. Yeah. So
2: I, I'm not sure if if Xehanort, uh really knows too much about Bragg at this point, this particular point yet.
0: But still, no. I mean, I don't think he ever knows much about Bragg is the thing. I think he's like, well, I mean, he's not even working with him at this point.
1: Well, no, because remember, we know at this time, Bragg occasionally makes overtures to him. But mm-hmm. judging from the scene we see where he attacks the others, n- none of them—he, break never had the impression that he got his memory back until they he was attacked. like He actually yeah, asked exactly. to you get your memory back.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and, but even then, it's just like Lucio has Bragg's plans still. Kind of like it's important for Brag to get th- this person out of there before anything else happens. Is what it seems like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, currently Xehanort is blaming Ansem the Wise for the disappearance of Subject X, but Ansem the Wise only basically said, stop the research, this is cruel, I don't want you to do it, and then break made, made her
0: go away. Mm-hmm. Battlegate 5 is also in the toy box. This is one of the hardest battlegates, because as Jared was mentioning earlier, it's one where you fight a bunch of gigascale enemies without having a gigas of your own. I died a lot here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's a nightmare on critical mode. (laughs) Can you not get into the Gigases once you break them down in this one?
0: You have to get through the first Gigas. And I think like there's also a lot more of the uh, dinosaur types than there are the Gigas.
2: Yeah, if I remember correctly, what I did was I basically survived until the first Gigas appeared. And then I used like Shotlock in order to try to and and all my
0: resources in order to try to get down as fast as possible and then got into it and took care of the rest. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's, it's a rough one. Winnie gets a Secret Report 5, which is from Syax.
1: That castle was a wonderland to us children. Within its walls, Ansem the Wise conducted his research, and the fruits it bore allowed everyone outside to live in peace and happiness. That alone was enough to stoke our interest, though not all the rumors that escaped its walls were so benevolent. By night... The muffled sound of human wails emerged. There was talk of dangerous human experimentation. Lee and I couldn't help but hatch a plot to steal inside and state our curiosity. The two who stood guard at the gates were researchers themselves, though you wouldn't think it to see them, massive and barrel-chested as they were. And slipping past that duo was only the first hurdle. It proved one not easily cleared. We were found and tossed out on our ears time and again. On the day we finally secured our entry, we descended the long, spiral stair at the heart of the castle to find a dark space below it, lined with gauges. Memoirs. Excerpt 1. There wasn't light enough to see if they were inhabited, and we were in no position to call out to any occupants within. Yet we could feel it, a definite presence there in the black. Terror washed over us, and we immediately regretted coming. But just as we turned to flee, we heard the faintest of voices. The urge to run was nigh overpowering, but someone or something beckoned us on. There, framed by a tenuous sliver of light, we found her. This one, I almost I almost want to just save till we do the next one, do it all at once. Yeah. True.
0: But I do want to interject one thing real quickly here. I still don't buy that fucking Aelus and Dylan are researchers. I just don't buy it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, do you, what do you major in? Punching.
0: <laughs> uh, the, what did you major in? The uh, bouncing. T- <laughs> no, bouncing is Tigger. <laughs> oh, that's different. <laughs>
2: different bouncing.
0: Oh, that bouncing. <laughs> yes.
1: Tigger would be a terrible bouncer. He'd just give out drinks to everyone. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, now yeah, at six. We go straight to Corona for this. Anything to say, or shall I continue? No,
0: <laughs> nothing here.
1: <laughs> Memoirs, excerpt two. It was too dim to make out her features. We spoke to her in hushed whispers. Who was she? Why was she imprisoned here? She had no answers for us. had no memories at all. She was an enigma, but I knew I wanted to help her. And so we continued our infiltrations, most of them stopped short at the castle gates. When we did manage our way inside, we spoke with her. That was all the comfort two children like us could offer. But Lee had other ideas. He was determined to free her. We slipped into the castle that day, knowing only that we wanted, with all our hearts, to save her. But we did not find her inside on that day, or the next, or any of our subsequent visits. Had she been moved? Had we simply imagined her? Lee and I knew there was only one way to be certain. And so we stand before the castle gates today not as trespassing children, but in order to become Ansem the Wise's newest apprentices.
0: All right. So, yeah, what do you want to say about this whole uh, story? Saix has told us. Hi, this is my backstory of motivation.
3: Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I finally have one. Look at that.
1: (laughs) Honestly, while he fills in some details, we did kind of glean most of this from the scenes we have with him and her by Sleep and 3.
2: Yeah, it kind of seems that we get the idea that she's being... Kept locked up with a bunch of Heartless, basically, or some other kind of form of darkness creatures. Well,
1: if she was being experimented on by Terranor, we know that he created some of the first emblem Heartless as part of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, with the exception of the one from Young Xehanort, the general vibe I'm getting from these secret reports so far is every time Subject X isn't on screen, everyone needs to be asking where is Subject X? (laughs) Well,
2: also, it kind of seems to almost have like one of those, I guess. It it almost seems to have a vibe of the ones who walk away from omalos here because it oh, seems yeah. like Radiant Garden was very much a utopia that was powered by extremely unethical shit going on.
0: Most utopias are.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. And this one, I said, basically, because. It's implied Anson the Wise keeps backtracking from going too far. Like he starts ship when he then he realizes, oh no, this one needs to stop.
2: But and then I feel Xehanort. Like it's a recurrence that keeps happening. Yeah, but then Xanor just triples down on it and yep. won't stop.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what led to that conflict there, without a doubt. Yep.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I like that read of Radiant Garden as a utopia in the sense that. All utopias have some dangerous shit going down under the surface.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I guess if we're going to be kind to Anson the Wise, he tends to like blunder into shady shit, but then decides, okay, let's go ahead and seal this one away. He's just not that good at watching subordinates.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, also, he's trying, instead of confronting what he did, he covers it up
0: as well. Yeah, it, it takes to the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 for him to actually confront anything he actually did. Uh, Battlegate 7 is also in the Kingdom of Corona, and it also doesn't have much to say about what you actually fight in there. So give us the report 7, Vexen. On the replica
1: program and reanimation. Following my erasure and my recompletion as a human, I did not awaken right away. Perhaps the damage was exceptionally grave. Even after waking, I remained in bed, pondering my next course of action. In my work on the replica program for the organization, I produced some 20 vessels. Most of the early results were failures, not one of them granted a number. The first success to emerge from that early lot was the Riku replica. Subsequently, Shion, number I, was essentially indistinguishable from a natural human, though she became unstable due to the influence of others. Using those two in my foundation, I worked to construct a number of nigh-perfect replicas, but just as they neared completion, my efforts were cut short. I suspect Xehanort aims to use both the initial lot as well as the unused replicas for my later work. I arose today and decided to walk out to the square, my first outing in some time. Yet my stroll was interrupted when a surprising visitor appeared with an unexpected offer. Though younger than me, he'd risen to become Xemnas' right hand. I accepted his terms and became a nobody once more. Easier to gain access to the old replica program that way. Whatever it takes to atone.
2: So I guess that person that he met met up with is probably SyX. Yeah. We kind of
1: I know that three itself was rather unclear, but we definitely feel like SyX was the one who, who arranged Vexen's plan. Like we know he, we know without much of a question, he was the one that Vexen told Demix was behind it.:
2: Yeah, SyX Sa- is a very deep double agent, more deeper than any of them.
1: It's it's more I will say, judging what we've seen from him, he's somewhere between double agent and someone who does who's lost track of where the act ends. Yeah. Like he does the parts to help people, but he also feels he can't deviate from being the role he's been handed in.
2: Well, yeah, he he basically, I think, got used to doing some very bad things in order to maintain cover. And that's the whole reason that cults do these kind of tests to people and make them do these sorts of things.
0: Also, I just read ahead a bit in the notes. Uh, I'm going to quickly inter- uh, give a quick uh, correction from earlier. It is not the Berserker that shows up in the no- Nobody Battlegate in uh, Twilight Town. It is the Sorcerer. Still, fuck mm. those guys. <laughs> yeah, Battlegate Eight is in Monstropolis, and it has the only repeatable demon tower in the game, which you need for one of the photos of the Moogle Synth Shop. If you didn't get it
1: yourself, yourself, I say, can you take a photo in the other fights?
0: Oh, you can, but you might not realize you need it until like you're like me. And to the end, you're doing all the synth shop stuff. And you're like, <laughs> oh, wait, shit. Where do I get a photo of a demon tower? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I get demon tower fights when I don't want them? I but mean, when I yeah, want a we, Demon Tower fight, there's none of those fuckers and assholes around. Why is it most of the time I can't go and take a, take
1: a leak without 10 Demon Towers jumping on my head? And now there ain't a, one of those assholes anywhere around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. So so winning us gets us the secret report eight or uh, about the real organization. From Vexen again.
1: The real organization. Xehanort seeks to gather 12 vessels, which together with his true actual self, he considers the real organization 13. Now that he has the numbers he needs, Demix and I are being treated as reserves. Several others who serve Zemnis the old organization have followed the same course as mine, electing to abandon their newly restored humanity and rejoin the real organization as nobodies. But not Zemnis. Zemnis cannot exist in the present because there's already a Xehanort here, the old man in charge. The old man's humanity prevents his heartless and nobody, others vanquished in the past, and his younger self from being denizens of this time. To circumvent this, Xehanort is using the prototype replicas I created in the past as containers, plucking his other selves' hearts from the time that they existed. Xehanort ordered me to refine the prototypes, to make them closer still to the real thing. Perfecting my creation so they may house true, flesh-and-blood humans suits my own purposes as well. All that remains for my atonement is to devise a way to pass on as many of the vessels as I can to those who truly deserve them.
0: Thank you Mm. for explaining shit, Vexen. That's all we need. (laughs) And
1: that's that's why I I actually chose to speak to Demix.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Really, there was no other way. Why would you speak to Demix otherwise? I do
1: like that apparently he was already pulling them through time before Vexen came back to fix the replica. So what were... What were Ansem and Xemnas in during Dream Drop Distance?
0: <laughs> I mean, well, I you know from the start of Dream Drop Distance, like they've already been started recruiting people. So this is probably already Vex and being like, here's some replicas, do the thing.
1: Yeah, but, I said, yeah, I'm just joking. I'm pretty sure that they were in like the older replicas. Now they're in better replicas or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something, okay, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Uh, it's like I, these these middle ones are very much the we're trying to explain the story a little bit. <laughs> then yeah. we go back and I'll say just some amusement. Then we go to remind which tries again.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Well, OK, first, let's go to Battlegate nine, which is Labyrinth of Ice and Arendelle. I have my notes. Fuck whoever did that. It has a berserker. Fuck whoever did that. And that's why we're oh it's sorcerers <laughs> in Battlegate three.
1: <laughs> right. So yeah, now we get secret report
2: nine and we're going to check in with the Enzo. And some code conspectus. Excerpt 1. I have poured over the data my master entrusted to Riku. Here I offer my preliminary conclusions. Within Sora's heart are three compartmentalized boxes, each containing the heart of another. One box holds Roxas. Another holds a second heart that has been with Sora nearly as long. The third has held its heart for much longer. These hearts have melded with Sora's and no longer have voices of their own. Any attempt to mechanically extract them could prove as dire for Sora as what caused him to become a Heartless in the first place. First, a vessel for each heart must be readied. Then, a spark of some sort is required to induce its waking. Obviously, the ideal solution is to restore each heart to its own body. But, whatever the case for the two unknown individuals... Roxas possesses no such thing. The same is true for Namine, who we believe resides in Kairi's heart. Still, if alternate bodies can be secured for them, all their hearts require to be awakened is that spark, people they cared for and who cared for them, who can show them the way home. Complete and perfect digitalization of the heart is impossible. We can only hope to partially reconstruct it. Thus, I see no way forward but to extract the hearts we so desperately need directly from within Sora. Fortunately, the data stored in Twilight Town contains a near-perfect record of the memories of those who lived there. And for Roxas and Nominade especially, this is crucial. Oh no, Sora's a loot box. Yep.
0: <laughs> I was more going to go for the Say the Lion visual novel joke, but that works too. <laughs> <laughs> So we know is the that heart in the, the box alive or dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we know the second heart is obviously Ventus. Do we still know the second heart? The second heart is Shion. Uh, yeah, yeah, Ventus
1: yeah. is the much Ventus is the third as hell. Yeah, the much, much older much one. You're right. OK, so yep.
2: Shion is the second. Yep. Got it. your yeah,
1: and Shion are separated by about,
2: oh, a week. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <When> they <laughs> right. they rejoin Sora. Sounds about right. Uh, but yeah, well, no, no, we know because like it was like it was on day three. Eight, I think like day three eighty six was the day that that Xion fought Roxas. Yeah, and then Roxas is captured on day three eighty eight, yeah. and then we know he spent seven days or maybe a little more at most in the simulation. So, so I guess
2: that's days. one of the reasons why Xeon would have behaved so differently Be once or once she got into contact with Sora in the in Keyblade Mania. Before, she just didn't have her own heart. She had n- none of that spark. And yeah. something about Sora being there provided that spark. And she's, she started reawakening in that in her own body.
1: Oh, I see. You mean, like, why did why did she not, why did she act strange at first during the fight when, like, yeah. her she didn't have her emotions or her identity was bare? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And basically, why was she cooperating before that? And I do say that what we see in
1: Remind actually expands on that a little bit. And I know mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like. To stay tuned for 15 minutes from now, but
0: <laughs> yes. Alright, let's go on to Battlegate 10, which is in the
2: Caribbean. And some code Conspectus, Excerpt 2. As for how to contain their hearts, the only conceivable option is the replicas. If we transfer in the digital memories from the Twilight Town archive, the replicas should be able to reconstruct each individual's human appearance with near perfect results. Then, their hearts need only the right spark to wake them, so that they may find their way out of Sora and Kyrie into those newly made bodies. The replica program was truly revolutionary, but it was incomplete at the time of the old organization's dissolution. Without Evan, how are we to further the research? We need at least three replicas, one for Roxas, one for Namine, and one for the unknown stowaway within Sora's heart. These are difficult quandaries. But as I work through my master's data, I find myself remembering the taste of ice cream. When I was a boy, he would bring me some when we took walks together. There will be time to regret my betrayal later. For now, my focus must be on restoring Roxas and Namine and proving my master had good intentions.
1: Ice cream! I'm half convinced if all the refrigeration units and uh, Radiant Garden failed. There'd be uh, anarchy within three hours. (laughs)
0: It's an ice cream based society. That's the whole foundation of its utopia apart from torturing children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry.
2: Where do you think the salt comes from? The tears of children.
0: Oh, God. Oh, wow. That's horrifying.
1: <laughs> I thought uh, it's worst joke we've the salt came from Evan being pissed at everyone.
3: Gross.
1: <laughs> I put my own blood, sweat, and tears in this. Not literally.
0: Uh, Battlegate 11 is on the train bridge in San Francisco. It's a rematch against the metal troll. That's all there is to it. The author is listed as unknown, but based on the perspective, it's pretty obvious who this is.
1: Yeah. And the last three, the last three are all authored by the same person.
0: Observations. Excerpt one. I have seen it through. The Keyblade war unfolded exactly as written on the lost page. Now, the Keyblade, the master entrusted to me, must be bequeathed to another. Five Union leaders have been chosen from the surviving Dandelions. "'I will pass the Keyblade to one of them, "'and then continue watching the future unfold. "'Yet it seems that someone has pulled the old switcheroo. "'One of the five is an imposter, someone the Master did not choose. "'They represent a virus in the program he so carefully wrote. "'The virus has begun a strange undertaking, "'a reckless plot to allow the five to escape into another world line. "'Surely such a thing can't be possible.' We're talking about the same trick that allowed the Dandelions to transfer to other world lines after the Keyblade War. But these children are no masters. They haven't the means. Unless, of course, a certain Lady of Magic summoned here from the future knows more than I do. The whole Union Leader thing was supposed to be by the books. Are these new events just another phase in the Master's Grand Plan? So, yeah, um, it's (laughs) Lushu. Yep.
1: (laughs) My understanding is this virus stuff is something that uh, makes a lot more sense with Union Cross and that. It's pretty clear what
2: it's going for.
0: Yeah. Um, Mm. The Lady of Magic, I'm guessing, is going to be, uh, from what I've heard, it's Maleficent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, But if if I hadn't heard anything, I probably would have assumed it's Fairy Godmother because she's suss as fuck, but... (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yes,
2: well, we do know that Maleficent is, in fact, a fairy. We could make some kind of weird uh, theory about about never the fairy trust godmother the fairies. becoming Maleficent.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to talk, if you've seen the Maleficent movie, she's very much a fairy godmother that anyways. Oh, no. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, gosh, that's I don't want I don't want to think about this. The first movie there is perfectly fine, but it is a, basically you made a new character with, with some of the same starting points. Let's be honest.
0: I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying to avoid thinking about that horrifying implication. And Nomura would totally go for it. You know it. Oh, yeah. Battlegate 12 is on the skyscraper in San Francisco. And winning gets you secret report number 12. Observations. Excerpt 2. Even on a world line with no Keyblade war, peace is but a dream. In the absence of us and our master, a darkness arrived. One that shall surely lead the world to yet another demise. Amid the chaos, I bequeathed my Keyblade to one of the Union leaders, just as the Master instructed. I watched as the five were sent to another world line, at no small cost, ensuring the line of Keyblade wielders will live on. And now, Keybladeless, I must depart this land to fulfill my final task. This means casting my own body aside and sojourning my heart in vessel after vessel, as many as it takes. But I will continue gazing upon each passing era. One unto the next. In time, be it years or decades, centuries or millennia, I will meet the five once more. Somewhere in the cyclical history of bequeathings, a chosen one will appear and reenact the Keyblade War. When the scapegoat arrives and takes my Keyblade in hand, that will be the time to take the stage and finish my role. The Lost Masters will awaken.
1: I like that Xenor is a scapegoat, and he just goes all in it with the goat armor.
0: Oh yeah, good, good pull. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: wonder if this world line thing he's talking about makes sense if we know the other games.
0: I have no idea what he's talking about about world lines. I'm kind of like Steins Gate. What? My guess is that <laughs> I mean
2: that's is that he's doing a multiverse sort of thing where you know, something different happened and they're trying to find a world that is inhabitable after the Keyblade War.
1: Like, I can't tell if he's saying like he watched the the dandelions in a world with no Keyblade War or if that was like, even if I look at the alternative, something worse happens. It's a little unclear what he's saying.
0: And also, like, how do you reenact a Keyblade War in a world that had no Keyblade War? <laughs> it- Snake, you can't do
1: that. You cause a time paradox.
3: Dun, 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 dun.
1: I knew I knew I could force that out of you.
3: (laughs) All right, let's continue
1: on. Battlegate 13. Just keep going. He's just it's worth noting, unlike the other stories, these are clearly being written at different times. Like he. like it's not like part one, two and three. These are clearly years apart.
0: (laughs) I'm using the break voice because it's the one I can like, like is actually more identifiably Luxu to me, even though we know Luxu had a different voice at first. But yeah,
1: I honestly can't remember. I remember he had a fairly young voice, but he didn't have a huge number of lines in that cover.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. This Battlegate is a rematch against Catastrophicus or Catastrochorus. 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 Yes, I, I I don't like saying that word. Uh, Let's <laughs> get on. Uh, winning gets Secret Report 13. Observations. excerpt 3. It seems this body, this name will be my last. The lives I have lived over the ages could fill volumes. But for now, I must focus on what matters most. The Keyblade has been successfully passed down, generation to generation. And it seems a Keyblade master devoted to the darkness may finally arise. Until now, I have watched over the course of events from a distance. Perhaps the time has come to intervene. I need only play the role of a fool, desirous of the Keyblade's power... I'll don the mask of his ally in order to keep my watch over my keyblade from close by. The gazing eye. A keyblade forged from the eye of the Master of Masters. He passes it to me, as I have to others. And through it, he can see the future. All that will ever come to pass. Spanning the ages and body after body, life after life, my task has been to keep vigil over the eye as it passes from hand to hand. It has been a long time. Longer than I can express. Now, at last, the Keyblade War has begun, and Kingdom Hearts will open. A true and complete Kingdom Hearts, born of the clash between darkness and light. I will soon be reunited with my old companions, and in that moment, my long vigil will reach its end. He will return. I wanted to say something real quick here. This is him after uh, Birth By, or around Birth By Sleep, yes? I'm not, I don't know.
1: It's, it's definitely before it because he's thinking about what he'll do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But it's got to uh, be just before it because he's clearly yeah. talking about Xehanort, uh yeah, okay. Xehanort's rise to becoming a master. Yeah.
0: He could have planned it decades ahead. You still got to imagine him being really annoyed that it's just like, God damn, that Keyblade War didn't go off like I wanted it to. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how we were talking about how the no-name was in the uh, room that, uh, like on the coat of arms in the room As that... Ericus er, and
2: that young Ericus and Zaynor were playing the game in.
0: Yeah, yeah. What do we think is that... that so, like, he said this keyblade has now been passed from uh, person to person, but that means that, like, maybe it was young Xanor and young Erykis's master that had inherited uh, well, it was sword. Exactly. I
1: keep playing. Remember, it was hanging on the wall in the room where they play chess.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And they were I looking at it and speculating about it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. it, the impression I get then is, yeah, it would have been their master that had it, because I would assume they'd be, uh, like, living under the care of a master. Or maybe, it's, yeah, maybe it's an family line. We know that he's hmm. a descendant of someone that like that how it was passed on.
2: Yeah, but it seems to be be passed on from master to apprentice. And yeah. And so, like, it seems like it may have been the strings may have been pulled to make it end up in Xehanort's hands. But it clearly was in that lineage.
1: Yeah. Like, when they remember, they were looking at it and saying the gazing eye sees the fate of the world. The two of them were speculating over it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they knew a bit about it. Anyway, um, the last battle gate is does not have a secret report associated with it. It does, however, have the only hard optional boss in the base game of Kingdom Hearts: the Dark Inferno. So here are my notes on that fight. It's a pretty fun one. Uh, it has three phases, each same basic attacks, but it builds in difficulty. Just as I was
1: saying, Dark Inferno looks like a really bulked up, invisible from the first game, which yeah, it really does, and and similar a very similar uh, profile, like a like a floating humanoid figure.
2: It's basically
0: invisible as a super boss. Mostly each phase is just an increasingly difficult to find openings. It took me a bit to get through. I started grading fights uh, with a letter grade after this one, and I gave it a B plus, which I which means I pretty liked it. Like I didn't particularly hate it, although it was like pretty linear overall. Uh, when you win, you get the Crystal Regalia accessory.
2: If I remember correctly, that was the best accessory in the base game.
0: Yeah, it's really good. OK, and with that, we basically cleared the uh, completionism of the of the base game. Let's talk about Remind. We're gonna be here for a while because Remind is huge.
1: Just knowing for those who might be familiar, Remind is about oh 70% cutscenes, like telling a story, about 25% boss fights, and then like five percent one wandering around a single new world. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of those scenes are interesting, some of those scenes are kind of repetitive and just like explaining what happened. Well, at least one scene
1: I think is this guy's and Q- QA session with confused fans.
0: <laughs> also, it's worth noting that in the base game, Master Xehanort was voiced by Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard, I think, yeah.
1: And then, unfortunately, he passed as well. I wasn't the biggest fan of his voice compared to Nimoy, but you know, that's still, of course, sad.
0: Yeah. Going into Remind, Master Xehanort is voiced by Christopher Lloyd of Back to the Future fame, and I think it's the best voice for Xehanort.
1: <laughs> Amusingly, it once again restores the Star Trek album, as Christopher Lloyd was the Klingon captain in Star Trek 3. Oh really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the main villain, and that's he's the one that basically he kills Kirk's son and then gets kicked off a cliff on the exploding planet, which is kind of a metal way to die.
2: Remind is more or less the story of what happened to Kyrie during this whole thing and sets up the end state of what happened to Sora
0: after he left, right? That's part of it. It's also kind of like filling in the gaps.
1: With some it has a story elements. The main narrative is what happens after Sora says he's going to find Kyrie, and then the main game cut to the uh Closing credits, but it ends up because the path it takes, it, it winds a path through a lot of the last act of the original game. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: But first, let's start all the way back at Olympus. We're back in Kingdom Hearts 2.9. As Zigbar watches Pete and Maleficent find Pandora's box. May your heart be your guiding key. Picture this. A
2: black goat stashes away a letter, then orders a white goat to search for it.
1: Luxor pops in a scene through a corridor.
2: What could his intentions possibly be?
0: Great. A riddle. Just what I need.
2: There are many possibilities. Perhaps he forgot where it's hidden. Or he's playing a prank. Or the letter has truly gone missing. I can think of several reasons offhand. Guessing is simply useless.
1: I love that. Zig. I would say right here in the middle. I love that he's trying to recover his slip attitude because he was so serious when he was watching the other two.
0: Hmm. Well, they just follow your orders, plain and simple.
2: Yes, that's what I've always done. I followed the orders from above without question. However, I sometimes can't help but read into my opponent's strategy.
0: Too long on the job.
2: If the contents of the box are so unknown, why is it of such critical importance to the organization? Furthermore, was it Xehanort or Xemnas who gave the order?
3: Well, it's tricky.
2: All Xehanort cares about is the clash between seven lights and thirteen darknesses. It's unlikely he would hold such an interest in this mysterious box. Which means the order was issued by... Xemnas, or the one who informed me of my task. You.
0: As if, it must
2: have been Zemnis. My inquiries suggested otherwise. Oh man, you asked him? What are your
0: intentions? Look, I don't know what's inside the box, but it's been protected by Keyblade Wielder since way back when. Aren't you curious? I heard it contains information that's vital to all Keyblade Wielder's secrets. And where did you hear this? I don't remember. I keep my eyes and ears wide open. But I've traveled to so many different places, it's hard to keep everything straight, you know.
1: This time, Luke sort of f- throws a card straight at Zygbar, who catches it right from his throat.
2: <laughs> if this box is truly as important as you say, why now? I believe you discovered that others also seek it, and you need to find it before anyone else does, in order to keep your connection to the box a secret from those around you. Zigbar, hmm. who are you really? <laughs> no matter. It doesn't make a difference to me. It's all the same. I'm content to feign ignorance. He pops way through a corridor. Zigbar stands, throwing
1: away the card, but not moving otherwise. Question is,
0: who are you, Luke Sword? <laughs> this is just fun. Like, okay, I, I when I first saw the uh, post-game screen scene of Kingdom Hearts three, I was just like, "Oh man, Zigbar is so cool, so interesting." And now I get this scene at the start of 3 might have like, "Oh man, Luke Sword is so cool and so interesting. Who is this guy?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's be clear. Luke Sword has has Shu dead. The rights here.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: he totally does.
1: One hundred percent. And now that he reads him so well, I get you get the feeling he steps the second he realizes this is about to turn to violence. I think. Lushu would have attacked him if he pushed it even a little bit further.
0: Oh, yeah. At this moment, I like to call him Ace Detective Luke Sword just because like he is. <laughs> yeah. He's dropped all his acts and he's just like, I know shit that's going on that you wouldn't believe.
1: <laughs> but then all he does is like, he basically says, you know, I know. Well, yeah. I'm off. Yeah, what are you yeah, going to do about it now? <laughs> yep. Yeah. And since um, Zigbar neither gives him more information, nor does he make any overt moves right away, he takes it easy. Yep, mm-hmm. Zigbar he dropped character because when he's glaring and maleficent and Pete, he's in kind of a very dark tone. He says the line very dramatically, and then he's basically someone sneaks up behind him. He's like, "Oh, oh shit, um,
2: hi dudes!" I kind of feel almost like Zigbar's normal personality is kind of an act that he might have picked up from the attitude of the Master of Masters in order to I, kind I of I would agree with that hide what his true nature is.
0: I would agree with that. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, he's definitely retained a bit of a sense of humor, but whenever he's not in character, he really drops to a very flat, very serious tone. Like, while he teases the four towers a little. He's a lot calmer than his normal behavior.
2: He's clearly extremely a serious person because how long has he been at this whole thing attached to his duty? He's not as flippant as he as he would like you to believe.
0: Right.
1: I mean, I almost want to joke that you could compare him to Emmett Selk in that sense, then.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we can talk about that in a bit. <laughs> I
1: love <have> the <a> thousand <laughs> of your lifetimes. <laughs>
0: Can't make that reference just yes. yet.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Luke Luxor sort of just leaves him gaping there. And also, I love that part of Zigbar's plan was people dislike talking to Xemez so much, they won't confirm what he asked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I... Or possibly are intimidated.
2: <sighs> I kind of feel like, for the most part, people don't want to question Xemnas. He, he's probably very not happy about his orders being questioned. I mean,
1: too, half the uh, organization was afraid of being turned into dust by him, which, so I don't know yeah. if you ever saw
0: him do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and we know, like, even back then, Zigbar was making use of that, so...
2: There was a whole bunch of situations where not even just by Zigbar, where orders came down from above. And it's a question of whether Xemnas really actually did order them or if it's somebody else using that excuse.
1: I suspect in the original org, it was probably a little trickier for him to do that. But this one's so much more chaotic. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure he still made use of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Especially because like Xemnas is what? Just like the third in charge?
2: He he plays his cards very close to his chest. He doesn't tell anyone anything they don't need to know.
1: I kind of feel like Zemnus probably is more in charge of planning than either Ansem or Youngnort are. <laughs> probably. And if if, and if they put and if they put Veneas and they put Vanitas in charge of strategy, they're in
0: real trouble, so <laughs> Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. Let's carry on because we get a lot to get to.
2: Oh, yeah. So we get a, a reshowing of the scene where Sora uses the power of
0: waking after defeating Xehanort. Yeah, we're not going to do that whole damn scene again, but it does give us the title card for Remind, indicating that we're truly in it. now.
1: Yeah, there's just the whole scene about how he's off to find Kyrie and all that.
0: Yep. And then we cut to a cloak sitting on a rock as another cloak approaches.
1: I would say this environment looks like the graveyard, but just sort of like a random spot. In.
0: Yeah. He, the other cloak that is approaching reveals themselves to be young Xehanort. So? Yeah. It wards off
2: darkness. It's useful. Told ya. So, how'd it go? The tour? I learned the reason for my existence. Oh? Tell me more.
1: All around the world, people live seemingly peaceful lives. They believe themselves to be moral and virtuous, but it's all an act. Darkness lurks in the pit of everyone's heart. Their light is a total farce.
2: Sounds like your trip around the world must have opened your eyes. But you got a little bit more than you anticipated. Must have seen a lot of darkness. (sighs) Those who
1: are weak and who desire greater power simply strip the strong of their power and convince themselves they've earned it. That's how people become tainted by darkness. They believe what they want to believe, using hollow reasons as justification. They repeat this cycle and their darkness grows.
2: So you're saying the weak feel the need to justify their actions to maintain a sense of self. Can't let that slide?
1: No. It's better that they be ruled by darkness.
0: It's worth noting at this point that young Xehanort does not have his yellow eyes yet.
1: I believe you also had gray eyes in the chess game, correct? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. <clears throat> People carry delusions of having power, but it's a lie. They are but sheep pretending to be wolves,
2: though I admit I can't understand why. Oh, never heard of that one before. A keyblade wielder willing to side with the darkness. Why not just let them be until darkness consumes them?
1: Because left alone... The world will fall to chaos. There needs to be order.
2: You sure about that? Why not just sit back and watch it play out? Understanding hearts is difficult. More so the emotions
1: within. I simply realize that it's easy to dismiss what you don't comprehend.
2: All right, all right. The world needs you. I'll grant you that one. I don't know what I can do, but I will act. What comes next is too important. I suppose letting false light dictate the future might be a pretty lousy move. So, you can make a change. You have that power. What do you want for the world? Power, eh? Who
1: knows? My training's coming to an end and the exam's not far off. Maybe I can
2: gain some clarity then. You're letting the exam decide. Listen to me. The results don't matter. You believe the world needs you. Sounds like you already know where you're headed. It's funny.
1: Somehow, I can sense where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. Yes, even this coat. There's something familiar about it. As if I meant to wear this.
2: Mmm. Nah, you'll ditch it soon. What do you mean? I mean that one day, you're going to outgrow it. How so? If you truly possess great power, the darkness can't control you. You won't need a silly old coat to stay safe. In fact, you'll be the one controlling the darkness instead. (laughs) Me, on the other hand, I'm too much of a scaredy cat to ever take mine off.
1: Who are you, really? Some kind of fortune tower?
2: Well, I could lie and tell you that's what I am. When I'm actually a brilliant artist or even a scholar. I could tell you that I dream of world peace when I'm actually planning for its destruction. The truth is what you see with your eyes, not what you hear. So your name? What did I just... Never mind. I guess there's no harm. My name is...
0: He leans in and whispers to anort.
2: Who is shocked. I'm a lost master. Lost Master. May your heart be your guiding key.
0: Christ, what an asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said. Like I said, he's it is really hard to explain. He's not quite as unstable because I think he's trying to make sure young North doesn't dismiss him completely, but he still kind of just whips around his his weird moods and and stupid jokes.
2: And yeah. And actually, it's kind of funny because this is clearly where young Xehanort got a lot of these ideas uh, that we saw in Birth by Sleep where he mentions that, okay, I've cast off the protective cloak uh, while I'm going in the lanes between and I found I'm
0: perfectly okay. Yeah, (laughs) the master is poking uh, young Xehanort just like further and further down the path of, hey, you should just become a evil... or not an evil dictator. You should become a darkness using dictator to control the world because the world is like too weak to be by itself. Hmm. I wonder what ideology that is. I do like that. Xehanor actually annoys him because he just, yeah. like, ignores his
1: little stick and just asks his name again. It's like, you're not playing along. What the fuck, man?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> not nearly as fun as those assholes I ruined back in the Asian fairy tales. Yeah. yeah, this this one. Yeah, this one wasn't nearly as neat. Like, um so, yeah, yeah. There is there is no explanation for this that does not have Master Masters being a villain. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard the arguments of extreme Machiavellian doing it for the greater good sort of thing, but there's that's a point still
0: a villain out. idea. That's how <laughs> villains do things.
1: <laughs> that's how the villain do. Only villains do this. <laughs> OK, I I got a little bit too close to Z Frank. I think Matt just turned into all bites.
2: Yes, oh, no. that was the idea. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah. <laughs> it,
1: sh- <laughs> so, yeah, so, we uh, <laughs> then cut 75 years later, which tells us a lot about. OK, so Xehanort is that old and Eric has aged pretty good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, also, like uh, like we cut from the same rock. Like it is 75 years later, but it's still the exact same rock. And Xanort's telling Jake and Sykes that like, hey, that's where I met that lost master guy.
1: <laughs> I mean, he he <laughs> actually won't say directly, but they do like pan over it. Yeah. This scene is what we're not going to do, because this scene is basically here's all the stuff that maybe the story didn't tell. enough.
0: Yeah. Like, um, it's pretty easy to work out exactly what was going on. But this is all just kind of like a did everyone get that type of thing? Yeah, uh,
1: It's spelling out the whole plan. Here's all the members we selected. Also, here's where we have Riku replica and Xi'an, and we have the replica bodies for all of them.
0: Mm-hmm. At this point, are they still missing someone? I forget.
1: <laughs> and they're trying to find someone. Yeah, they're missing two at this point. I don't even remember who it is they need. <laughs> One of them, Xi'an, they don't talk about. And I, I think the other is Terra Xehanort. Oh, perhaps, yes, because they actually, yes, because they talk about how Terra's body didn't regain its heart. Mm. And so he's actually explaining out. Here's number twelve. It's this extra body I used once I have laying around. Yeah. <laughs> I I stuffed him in a closet. Oh gosh! I was gonna say they also go over Evans' duplicates, much like he like his replicas, like he discussed in his uh, reports.
0: Like it is probably the most superficial scene in this entire thing, and that's including all the re redone scenes that we get
1: later. <laughs> but I love that. There's short one or two members are saying, "I'd rather not use Vexen or Demix." <laughs> 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 They're backups yeah. at best, they call them. They don't even explain why.
0: Well, I mean, obviously you don't trust Vexen uh, for anything. And for Demix, it's kind of like, OK, that kid has something going on because we haven't learned his deal yet. Let's just be safe and not give him any responsibilities.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I said you could argue it's, it's helpful for anyone who was a little confused. A lot of the storytelling in three was rather implied, which can be difficult if done, if not done the best. I think it went well, but I understand why they kind of made this scene.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess this one makes sense because these are the two organization members that are not actually Xehanort that do actually need to know the plan.
1: So it naturally ends with Xehanort again saying, may your heart be your guiding keys. We're going for a theme
0: here. Yep. <laughs> Uh, So the next scene, we get to to the final world where Chirithi shows up to just be like, Sora, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you (laughs) here again?
1: (laughs) His Slide is literally back so soon. Yep. And it sounds a little exasperated.
2: Yep. This is after the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 proper.
1: Yes. yes. So now now we've hit the main narrative.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, So it's not like right after the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. It is in between Sora leaving and the final scene of all the happy, fun times.
1: Mm. Sora's like, I've already done this. Cheers is like, no, that's the problem. You're making this worse.
0: Yeah, I have on my notes. You can't do that, Sora. It's a time paradox, like we made that joke earlier, damn it. Yep, ah. Chirithia
2: is, Chirithia is basically saying, hey, look, you already altered the course of history a huge amount by restoring six hearts that faded from existence. If you do any more... You're literally going to lose your powers and vanish. Yep. The karmic you, backlash will be too great. You've broken the taboo.
0: Because yeah. you, brought, you, yeah, you tried to bring back Kyrie. Well, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, Sora's just like, no, I'm going to do this anyway. Fuck you. And she's like, fine, fuck you. You got to accept the outcome no matter what happens.
1: Yeah. And she's just like, well, this is goodbye then. So I guess I might as well give you a party yep. presence.
2: Yep. Yep. So now, just like last time, what we seem to do was we were kind of following connections that Sora has through uh, time and space in order to go back to events that were that were previous.
1: Yep. While well, um, the initial Terra Xehanort scene is playing out. Cheers. He's narrating like, the, like the, uh, the actual scene is sound is suppressed. And he's explaining how you're going to be going through a different guardians, going through their emotions.
0: You need to follow the path. <laughs> And by following the connection of hearts, you'll come to discover a greater truth. The idea It's
1: worth noting the version we're seeing here is a version where Lingering Will does not show up.
0: Yep. Sora begins his journey by leaping into Ven's heart. And I, so we needed to stay between Sora and future Sora here because now we have two Soras in the yeah. Play media.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> had to voice three Rikus at once. So,
0: oh, well,
2: there's multiple layers here because it's, but okay, okay, story clearly the relies on all of these events
0: having happened in each loop. Yeah, here's the thing, though, like each of those Rikus was a distinct character. This is the same Sora, just at a different time.
1: (laughs) It's future. Oh, it's it's, it's Sora's
0: future self. (laughs) Yes, it's future Sora.
1: (laughs) We cut away from the scene and Sora is inside Ven's station awakening, just shouting for him.
0: Yep. Some silent voices talk to Sora, telling him to let Ventus be and calling itself darkness. It's like it's too
1: pure. A pure heart can be most careless.
0: Yep. Uh, And so then we get to have our first boss fight. In Remind, which is Dark Inferno Key. Remember Dark Inferno? He's back now in key form. Yes. Dark Inferno Key is much easier than Battlegate Dark Inferno. Well, because it's not a super boss. Yeah, it's not a super boss. It's just a normal like intro boss. when it gets you an item slot. It's not hard. <laughs> then
1: we cut back to the uh, Terranor encounter. We're getting to a point where things are coming to a head.
0: Yep. As Donald casts Zeta Flare, Sora jumps from Ven to Aqua.
1: And I think so, we like literally see it like we literally see it, the spark tra- pass between them as yeah as Aqua's check in unconscious then.
0: Remember how Aqua really froze up when she saw the Dark NATO? We get to see what she sees. It's apparently a uh, tide of anti-Aquas. <laughs> again, I
1: understand. Like she he, Sora talks about how Aqua is filled with fear. And I get it's like a PTSD flashback, but just seeing a whole bunch of dark aquas swimming in the sky seems like it's someone's fantasy being written. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who really like someone who really wants to grow up and can step on them is just really having a happy time.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> that's awful.
1: Yeah. But so, yeah, it's, and that's why Aqua just freezes up. She's just overcome by, oh, God, it's worse than I thought.
0: Yeah, it's just a per- complete personification of all our fears and anxieties that we now get to fight one of them. Specifically, we fight Anti Aqua in a rematch in the Dark Radiant again. It's a bit fillery.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. This fight, I don't think has changed at all.
0: No, it's not.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not just... any harder even.
1: Nope. But the idea is now he's like he's fighting the personifications of everyone's of everyone's emotional problems <sighs> or yeah. something, or random darkness.
0: Then we see the tide sweep over all of our friends. Sora wakes up in his own heart, wondering if he made it through the tear in time. So, like, so why did he jump back to the uh, fucked timeline? Is this what this world lines thing they were talking about was? Yeah. And like, he has to follow the
1: whole path that he took. Perhaps, maybe
2: I'm also yes, thinking then- <laughs> that that it's possible that that the Kyrie that he needs to retrieve is somehow through this timeline.
0: So it's like threading both timelines is what's going on here.
2: Because what happens
1: here is the nominee flies in like Peter Pan.
0: Yeah, nominee's mm-hmm. just like, "What the heck are you doing here,
1: buddy? What is this?" I say, like, "I feel like I feel like this means things probably aren't going great."
0: Yeah. She says that she's not able to return to Kyrie's heart, but she has found Terra's heart and is bringing him here.
1: So his heart is too locked in darkness. So Nami says she's bringing his sadness, his anger, his lament. His will,
0: if you will. Yes.
1: <laughs> so then we cut back and we see the other version of the scene. Basically, it's been cutting back and forth between that scene and Naminé explaining what she did to Sora.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have lingering will clashing with Terra Nort in the unfucked timeline. And yeah. uh, so... Then the scene continues. Yeah, so it ends up going along with whose spirit does he hop into here? Because he definitely comes out in the middle of this. <laughs> I honestly not sure. He just kind of appears. I think he said that he jumps into Terra's. He jumped into Terra, that's what happened. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say he he goes along with Terra's will.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not Uh-oh. sure we so see his spark doing that, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we get Terranor versus Lingering will.
2: Yep, this time we follow them and get a bit of dialogue that we didn't see in the main game between yeah. them.
1: I mean, if you could follow this fight, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> yeah, I see. This seems like a really cool match. I don't know why they didn't keep it in the main game. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's do it. Scene time.
1: Wretched spirit. As long as Master Xehanort resides within you, you're a threat to Aqua and Ven.
2: How noble you would give your life for theirs. You must be
1: removed from existence
0: at all costs. In unison, they fly towards each other, their blades clashing, creating a wave of dust that spills out in all directions. And we cut to inside the heart. Namine, can
3: you call out to Terra? No, his rage is too strong. He won't respond to me. No matter who gets hurt, it's bad for Terra. Either way, you have to leave. Go to the world of ocean and sky. And you? I've got this!
1: At this point, the fight turns against Lingering Will. The Guardian appears and grabs it by its helmet, pulling in the air, and we hear creaking.
2: Begone!
1: A light appears in the ground beneath Lingering Will and Sora erupts from it.
3: How can you be here? Hey, I can travel to different times, too, you know. Did you think you were the only one with that power?
2: You dare...
1: In the fight that follows, Sora almost immediately gets grabbed and crushed by the Guardian. And going to reach and Lingering Will uh, blocks a blow from Terra Xehanort and is, is broken into pieces, his helmet shattering.
2: Terra! Seeing that you have also taken the forbidden path, you too must be
0: ready to make the ultimate sacrifice. So now we have Sora versus Terra Xehanort. <laughs> I think we called this nice job, Sora. Yeah, I, I, it's, also, like, I kind of love Soros just being like, yeah, ti- yeah, I guess you have your time travel rules, but I've got mine.
2: <laughs> I don't understand half of them, but whatever. It's also kind of implying that t- that Xanort either is also on the forbidden path o- uh, of this time travel thing or hmm. he is he knows somebody else who did.
1: Well, he's trying Xehanort's playing the world's craziest time paradox. I bring, mm-hmm. bring ver- about five versions of himself from different points in history. But
0: again, like, so, so the rule. He- so Xehanort's playing by the rules that he you can only exist by, like, in your full body, heart and mind uh, in one thing. But yeah. he- so that's why he's had to create replicas for the hearts of all the other people.
1: And my understanding is, like, most of the hearts he's pulled, like, right before they're defeated. So.
0: But, but like, what I mean is that the, that ter- so, the
2: Terran Xehanort here says also, and you too. So there must well, no, be
1: so somebody else. You were no, talking about Lingering no. Will's ultimate sacrifice first.
0: No, he's talking to Sora there at the end. Yeah. Where you two must be ready to make the old sacrifice. But, yeah. um... This is just confusing, to be honest. I mean, I never considered Teya Xehanort to be the smart version. No. no. Um... But like the big thing is Sora is not using the same time travel rules that. Uh, no, he's definitely yeah, not. That Xehanort is. Like,
1: Xehanort he, played rules lawyer and found every loophole in the book. Sora bashed down the door and just kind of run, before, running ahead of the cops before they catch up.
0: Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sora's trying to avoid being eaten by the Langoliers. Pretty much. <laughs>
1: Talk about messed up time travel. Oof.
2: Maybe Xehanort here is just aware of this forbidden path and just basically said, fuck that. I'm not sacrificing myself to make the, to use the power of waking in, in a strange way. So I just found all these loopholes. You're just you're just doing the thing that you should never, ever do. I just
1: I find myself remembering a web comic to try to explain D&D rules lawyers by comparing it to someone like trying to hack a restaurant menu. It's like, well, it says ten forty five, and then from eleven to one. <laughs> it's just like saying, I bet if I if I mix this again, it means this coupon would technically work for this was margarita, right? Like something like that.
0: Oh, <laughs> I don't remember what
1: comic it was, but I love that. So, you know, that's the old man's plan. Is just saying, like, well, technically, no one's body came here. There were just <laughs> these bodies here, and some hearts showed up, and the hearts yep. fit the bodies, and they wanted to work with me. That'd be great, right? <laughs>
0: Ain't no that so, says a dog can't time travel. So we end up
2: with a fight versus Terra Xehanort. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and like the second he the fight's over, he gets pissed and just charges the Guardian at
0: us, which is immediately grabs Sora. Yep. And then he lets off a really stinky one until Sora darkness awaits and we fade to black.
1: Hmm. Well, that was fun. Let's redo Keyblade Mania.
0: Yeah, we have no idea what happened or why, but we're uh, regular Sora back at Keyblade Mania. Like, we're, we're going to skip over the Java Squad rematch. There was nothing new in it.
1: Because basically what's going to happen is we're going to go through all the scenes again. Three out of four of them have new elements or at least new gameplay. For some reason, no one could care enough about about Marluxia to add anything to this.
0: Why did they even <laughs> like give it the fact that they gave us uh, extra playable characters here? Why don't they also just like go the extra mile and let us play as Mickey? <laughs> I can't do that. It's too powerful. I mean, Mickey gets a. Uh, Carded at one point in the fight, but like you can well, let us play that means you can. get him out. <laughs> okay,
1: I was saying you can't because that means he's in the card for the fight.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, but when we get over to Riku, there's a fun twist because after you go help him, you get to pick whether you'll be Sora or Riku. And unless you're a complete weirdo, I don't see why you would pick Sora over Riku here. Me, right? Then the
1: fight. Why not
0: do something new with it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Riku basically the same mechanics as the times we we played as him in the other parts of the game. Like he has top level spells, he has his own shot lock. But he doesn't really yeah. have any form changes.
0: He has a dark dash as so his main gimmick. Uh, he's, I'd say probably the, the weakest feeling of the characters you get to play as, but uh, he's still as fun. So,
1: but then then the fight goes as before. You know, Zigbar very obviously doesn't die, and then Dark Riku gets dragged off by other Riku, and then we have one Riku. And
0: then there was and, one Riku. Yep. And then Sora leaves as and we get a new scene after that as a certain a certain jerk comes up and talks to Riku. Hey, I thought you'd be gone by now. Yeah. Demix enters through a
2: corridor of darkness and Riku takes a defensive stance against him. You're the, or,
0: the organization. <laughs> Whoa, chill out. I'm not here to fight. I promise. Listen, name's Demix. It's a long story, but I'm sorta on your side. Oh, right here. Takes out a fucking gummy phone. See? <laughs> All the cool kids have one, right?
1: Zex. I think like Riku is just unable to say
3: anything here. Yeah. <coughs> Zex, er, Yezo got me this.
0: Enough proof for you? <laughs> Why are you here? I'm on a top secret mission. Apparently, they're looking to find themselves another replica. I heard a rumor that I could maybe find one here from Zach Sorienzo, so I've just been killing time. (laughs) So he just goes over to pick up the replica.
1: (laughs) Yep. You sure you know what you're doing?
0: Don't worry about it. Not to brag, but I've done this before.
1: That's not just an empty vessel; it's filled with important memories. Promise me you'll be careful with it. Deliver it safely, okay?
0: Damn it's time.
1: I swear he's I just write his image of him on a sintarp just
2: was a secret agent man now. What is your deal, Demix? Why? It will never be Demix
0: time. Why are you like this? It'll never be a thing. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's never gonna happen.
1: That's <laughs> good. Secret? Damn, <Demix> man Secret <laughs> Secret Damics <Yeah>. man. <laughs> They're giving you a number. But then took away that because you're extra. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's the point. Anyway. Uh, so, next- yeah, it's 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 a light scene, but it's kind of fun just seeing that they're saying, well, might as well have them see other characters.
0: Also, mm. we need to explain where the replica came from, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we
1: knew where it was. It was just sitting there on the ground with Riku.
0: Yeah, mm. but we needed to show exactly how to take it, took it away. Because reasons. Because fans will complain about every single plot hole if you leave one in there, despite yeah. the fact that they can't put things put two things together.
1: Bleh. <laughs> so then uh, we... That was, pick, okay, so that was the warm-up. The next two uh, scenes have a lot
2: more to say.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We pick up with the Birth by
2: Sleep team now. We have pre-scene. This, so this is before
0: Sora shows up to help out.
3: Mm.
2: Terra! This Ventus is uh, confronting... Uh, Terranort and... Yeah, Camus. Terranort. Look closely. That's not Terra. Maybe not, but I'm still going to keep calling his name. We have to light his way home.
3: Then, Hey, guys. feel a little left out here.
2: Vanitas, you're coming home, too.
0: Huh? But my home isn't you. You know what'll happen, right? I'll just disappear inside of you forever. Don't you have any love at all for your own brother?
2: We're not brothers. We're the same.
0: (laughs) You believe that? Then you really are naive. Huh? This may shock you, but we're not the same like you think. I was just hidden deep inside of you for a really long time. All Xehanort did was tear me right out of you. Then go back to where you came from. Hmm.
2: Make me. If it's darkness you're looking for, Ventus, then I have more than enough to go around. Stop!
3: Quit using your friend for your games!
2: A Keyblade Master wielding your key in anger? Shameful. We
3: have unfinished business. I fell into darkness, and for ten years I wandered through the Dark Realm. Now I'm finally here, and I want only one thing with all my heart. Xehanort,
0: I'm casting you out of terror forever! <laughs> i've noticed that my Venita's voice is rapidly becoming my uh mishi slash uh carol Poyo voice yeah, and i'm fine okay with that
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think videos is like i'm dropping a plot point not
0: gonna explain yep. it nope you gotta see union see union key for details and possibly <laughs> dark like, road i'm not sure yeah something like that whatever it is um yeah something about uh ventus is just like full of darkness i guess <laughs> And it's
1: like Nort's like I'm bored. Quit ignoring me.
2: Yep, it's Ter- just like stop ignoring I- me, or else I will cut you in half.
1: <laughs> I got the darkness to go around.
0: <laughs> yep. I believe we start fighting as Aqua here, but then Sora arrives part three when we get character selection. And if you're a sociopath, you'll stick with Aqua. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Yep. So now um, this now
1: the scene gets a little mixed up because we start cutting back and forth on things again for a bit. Well, not yeah, yet. Like, so this one is pretty quick.
0: Yeah. After we beat Terasauranor, we see Future Sora in the present, Submersed in Darkness, where he's woken up due to Terrasaur being beaten, and he is now finally in Terra's heart.
1: Future Sora in the present. So it's the, he's the ghost of Christmas past from the future. <laughs> ignore me is that what that is or no no that's, that's the thousands of years ago yeah okay ignore me is the is the uh i can't remember what he was called like the uh, the grand high arbiter or something yeah okay i'm coming out please continue to ignore
0: me but no this is yep.
1: thousands of years ago
0: yeah <laughs> all right Um uh, meme characters and so does future sora jump back to himself is that what happens here i forget exactly
1: I, it's kind of hard to follow this i just kind of go along with the scenes are showing me yeah i'm pretty sure he jumps back to sora
2: yeah it seems like like the explanation here is that after the fight with Terra xehanort uh back then w- with lingering will future sora just kind of tagged along yeah. inside of Terra xehanort submerged in darkness for a while and then he came back out
1: I I think we get sort of a vague idea that we that the dark figure actually saved Sora. And that's kind of he was in Terra's heart until Terra's heart
0: reawoke here. And that's why he wakes Mm. back up. So when we go to help Kyrie and Axel, we have another pre-scene. And now let's go over to one. They've really added all the extra. Oh, my gosh. This is like a practically a new scene entirely. It's crazy. Uh, In fact, we kind of had
1: a little bit of a meltdown during planning, trying to pick out how it was all different. How the scene kind of faded
0: in and out. Yeah, it's so wild. Well, I guess this was inevitable. Who's the plus one?
2: Inevitable indeed. And this guest of ours has an old score to settle with you. You are a traitor of darkness as it is of light. Well, I guess I can live with that. It is a being of whom we have no memories. A true nobody. Hailing from the edge of oblivion. The being before you
1: was recreated from the records that were left by Vexen and the many experiments performed by young Zayt.
2: It was erased from all memories, and it harbors absolutely no knowledge of who it really is. Even I had forgotten his existence, but like the others, I could not recall why. Truly, the perfect pawn created for this very battle.
3: So who is it?
2: You called on one of the
1: new Seven Hearts. You must be desperate.
0: And if I'm a traitor, then I guess Kyrie here is the trump card. What?
1: So it's not desperation I see in you. It's foolishness and lunacy.
2: Huh? Without the battles between the Seven Lights and Thirteen Darknesses, Kingdom Hearts requires the Seven Hearts. That is why we seek to destroy the Guardians. Are you truly foolish enough to believe you can defeat us? What do you think?
1: I think you'll lose, Axel. Yeah, right! Worth noting, the hooded figure reacts to uh, Syek saying Axel's name.
3: Axel? Hmm.
2: Even if you possess the strength, this being cannot be defeated by your hands, even if memories are lost from you both.
1: Axel summons his chakrams.
3: All right, let's find out.
1: The hooded figure takes, knocks back his chakrams with a kingdom key, and Axel then like actually combines the chakrams into his keyblade. But he kind of stops noticing what, what just happens.
3: Wait, that keyblade? It's just like Sora's. Are you? Is that you, Roxas? Roxas.
1: Saeix kind of gives the figure a sidelong look. No, it's not Roxas. Axel.
3: Roxas. Axel.
1: Kyrie's blocks the hooded figure from attacking Axel, and he's and Kyrie sees a, a, a girl's face briefly. A girl. So it's just worth noting. You see, Syx is like, "Oh, this might work." Because he notices that Xi'an is reacting to names. He actually makes a point
0: of starting to say Axel's Axel name again. It's not Roxas, Axel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude, just like say the names over and over again until it's just like, and now we have a. and now we have a Xi'an. <laughs> but
1: and since but since he still commits to this fight to the death, it's like he really is half between trying to be a double agent, but still being committed to the role he's been stuck in.
0: Yeah. Mm. Sora shows up and we're required to be in for the first part of this fight. And at the midpoint, we have Sora classing with Xi'an and calling her name again. Mm-hmm. At, at which point we cut to future Sora and things get confusing? <laughs>
1: yeah. Basically, a lot's <laughs> happening out in the main scene, but we're having these. We're basically having several scenes with Sora being added in, and then they start adding little bits to the main scene as well. So it got kind of mixed up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so like Sora watches us, rocks this Station of Awakening, appears underneath his own and memories of Xi'an rise up around him yeah. and return to Xi'an. In, when, when Xi'an's name is said, which caused everyone
1: to react, like basically... The me- his station of awakening, Sora's disappears into those memories, scattering like birds. Showing Roxas's station.
0: Mm-hmm. So after Shion collapses, Roxas talks to future Sora, and the two sort of make a plan that we'll hear the full details of in a bit.
1: <laughs> like so, it- then we get Roxas making his big entrance, and then the cutscene fight continues. Then we suddenly jump back to Sora and Roxas inside the station.
2: I need your help. There's something me and my friends have to reclaim. Something that's connected our hearts. That's what's binding me to this world. The last key.
3: I need your help to get it back. Got it. I have an idea. Wait for my signal.
1: So everyone rushes uh, Xemnas. They get knocked back. Sykes is holding back um, Axel and friends. And Kyrie and Sora are getting caught in some sort of uh, weird force field darkness attack being hovered in the air by Xemnas, who comments like they're going to like disappear. But then Sora's light appears on Roxas.
0: Now we get to be Roxas for fighting Xemnas and Saix and like Sora's not in the fight again yet at this point, right?
1: Is this worth noting? This is the first time we're, we're playing as someone who we didn't get to play as in the Kingdom Hearts 3. So this is a completely new uh, program. because Both Aqua and Riku were usable at
0: different points in the game. Yeah, yeah. So they do have the technology. Why didn't they give us Mickey? <laughs> yeah. And Roxas is absolutely a shredder. Oh my gosh, he is so powerful. Like he yeah. has... He has a light speed dash. He's got the dual wielding keyblades. He's a lot of fun.
1: And the thing is to counter that, your the like, and Psyx aren't
0: fucking around either. Oh no, this is a this is one of the harder ones of these as well. Yeah. Like as I, I mentioned
2: earlier, I think it's kind of clear to me that if there's anyone that's more powerful than Sora in this entire setting, it's got to be Roxas.
0: Yeah, probably
1: because oh, Roxas can hold two keyblades consistently, which no one else seems able to. He has all of Sora's um abilities. He also spent an even longer time fighting. Like he fought in active combat scenarios for a year with various mm-hmm. levels of difficulty.
0: Yeah. But yeah. And he seems to like also probably have a little bit of Ventus in him. And Ventus has like thousands of years of information. <laughs> and for some reason, nobody
1: seemed to have like seemed to easily have elemental power. So his because his is light, he actually seems to be able
0: to channel light even more freely and crazily. Mm-hmm. I just have this one question. Why the fuck did Nomura think no one wanted to know more about Roxas? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, yeah, I have in my notes for the Roxas versus Xemnas and Syax fight that I whittle Xemnas down first because he's a jerk to deal with while avoiding a morphing Syax. but focusing on the morphing Syax tends to just fucking kill me. Hmm. <laughs> I know I know earlier on in the podcast, I was like, we've all over morphing. But then I realized, no, I'm not over morphing. It's a great verb.
1: <laughs> Oof. So, yeah. So what so what happens next is Axel, Roxas and Shion do a 3D attack from Chrono Trigger.
0: Yep. They triple team Zemnis, and the marker for the recusant appears from Zemnis, much like a heartwood splits into three and flies at to your team. Is this is this the sigil? yeah. That's the mark Zemnis gave us. It's what connected us from the start. It's the foundation of the bond we share.
1: Memories flash across the screen of the different times and lights connect them together.:
2: The mark will disappear along with Zemnis, and that's fine. I just wanted to reclaim it for myself. It's how our bond came to be.
3: This This is the connection we needed.
2: That's why I needed Sora's help, so that we could end this battle. Once and for all.
1: I just love, apparently, it's a physical thing he could beat out of them.
0: Yes, (laughs) I love that the Barkley recusant is just kind of like an actual physical object that you can pull out. Also, I'm amused that it is a key. And uh, in the previous line, um, Roxas said that that's what's binding me to this world. The last key, but with Mm K-E-Y rather than with the letter. And I, it feels like a pun. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: Apparently, there's some sort of confusing element where it involves um, Terra's uh, insignia as well, and that's part of the reason why it looks like that. Huh.
3: Hmm.
2: I kind of read this one pretty deep, and it seems like it's kind of weird and mixed up. <laughs> interesting. There's a lot of of interesting ideas about symbology in Kingdom Hearts in general.
1: I guess apparently Nomura did say that Terra Aqua and Venus all have X's in their uh in their design because X is the keyword.
0: Mm-hmm. So Sora and Kyrie ready their keyblades and then Zemna grabs Kyrie anyway. I have my notes. Damn it, stupid destiny. You
1: can really see them trying to paper this. I bet they're saying, well, Sora and Kyrie were both we didn't see it, but they got heavily drained, and that's probably part of the reason why they were not near them, we're able to stop what happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a a hard argument, but okay. I
0: mean, they're just trying to go back and justify it, I guess. <laughs> so now we have a choice to use either Roxas or Sora to fight Siax. Why the heck would you not pick Roxas? <laughs> like, and even though Roxas is powerful, I thought this was the hardest of all the alternate character fights. Uh, I ended up using his light speed dash for stick and move strategies, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's still just a point where as long as you're relatively avoiding him he gets DPS
0: down pretty darn fast just because of the high damage against him. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like in critical mode, like you get killed by a stiff breeze. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> so th- that's a pretty d- difficult one, but you can get through it. It's basically, he's still the ultra berserker. Yeah, mm-hmm. but boy, they really wanted to say a lot more about these
1: characters uh, reunion, didn't they? Oh, they did. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, I'm, and I'm very grateful that they did because now the, all this stuff is a lot cooler. It makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah, and I also sense a little bit of frustration that wasn't as clear. Saix was still working against the organization's own way. I feel like they tried to push it a little harder. Yeah, they did.
0: So after the fight scenes continue to play out as before and future swords is just like, OK, I'm out of hearts to get to need to find something new.
1: And basically, at this point, the scenario goes away where he can't like foul.
0: So we go fight in the North. Uh I want one thing I kind of want to point out is that young Xehanort's parting line, Sora. Hit a lot harder right now, now that we like know, oh, shit, he might have noticed that Sora's doing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: rather what future Sora is doing. I see you over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. He just, he, he just sees other Sora's like, ah oh, Christ. I'm not, I'm yeah, not
2: he's mostly talking out. through Sora the first time rather than to him.
0: Yep. Uh, so after all the fight with the Norths, we have the time stop. Uh, future Sora hears Mickey's voice. It's fascinating. Like, it's like, I saw there was another
3: sore. I better talk to him. But only in my mind. And I'm not going to mention it later. Definitely not going to mention it later. That'd be weird. Uh-huh. It'd be weird to admit. I know. things.
0: God damn it. Man. And he says we can still save Kyrie because she was crystallized, not killed. See, we didn't her people.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, we just turned her into a 3D puzzle. <laughs> Shaped like a little flower 3D puzzle.
2: Oh, no. So basically, future Sora follows a connection through Xehanort's portal to get to Scala Ad Calam before present Sora can go do it. Go do it himself.
0: And now we can now they're going to be here for a while. We can talk about Edge of Existence. So uh, what do we think about Edge of Existence, folks?
2: It's a very dramatic piano theme. Yeah, I, I,
0: it's very soaring. I really
2: like like
0: it it's like it's rapid arpeggios that um, uh, feel very Final Fantasy-esque and then it just like picks up in this stirring violin piece that just like got it it's, it's my favorite location theme in all of Kingdom Hearts like yeah. uh, back when I was like ranting about the Hollow Bastion theme like this is what I had in mind it's just like this is where Kingdom Hearts can truly go with its music Oh, Yoko yeah but then, they, beat,
1: then they have berserkers and sorcerers beat you up at the same time and I lose patience oof
0: so we fight some shadows and dusks in the area, and yeah. defeating a glowing shadow that releases a piece of Kyrie's heart.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a shadow that's glowing with a pink
0: aura. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> like a weird glassy pink aura. Even
1: it, it looks like a lighting effect because it kind of outlines it. And when he gets it, it turns like a little a little crystal petal. <laughs>
0: yeah. Mm.
1: And then, in the middle of the cutscene, a new UI element says "Kairi" in a little and a little like a uh, flower
2: design appears in the
0: upper right. Yeah, I love weird UI elements. It makes me so happy whenever they appear in a game.
2: Yeah, I agree. So we end up going through this whole area as an environment to fight a bunch of heartless and solve a bunch of weird puzzles to get all the pieces of Kairi's heart.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: like we have to interact with some sort of strange fountains mechanism, like hitting at the right time to stop lights.
0: Yep. Uh, we have to turn all the windmills on a fountain with Aroga to get another piece of the heart.
1: We have to climb to the top of a very high sewer tower that exists for some reason and then dive bomb into a, a cage. Mm-hmm.
0: After all, Kyrie appears near a plaza and her heart appears there. Uh, when I was doing this, like I was like, OK, this is going to be my only chance to get treasure chest completion here. I am not going over there. And so I searched the area probably for like an hour trying to find all the treasure chests because they're very well hidden here.
2: Huh.
1: Funny is, you don't have to use a rogue, you can also beat up the fountain.
0: <sighs> oh, really? I didn't know that. I thought it had to specifically be a roga.
1: Basically, Now you just hit it and hit
0: it and like the
1: uh, the little fountain, like little small fountains just kind of grow towards the center.
0: Huh? Weird. Don't know why I thought it specifically had to be a Roga. But yeah.
1: So, but after you finally follow the uh, Kyrie, it's of course they, there's a giant dark side to fight. Yep. It's a shining pink dark side. <laughs> it's a shiny dark side. You know how rare it is to get one of those in a random encounter? <laughs>
0: uh, what is the rare the rate of getting a shiny in a Pokemon? I forget.
1: I <laughs> understand. Yeah, I thought it was something like one in four nine six, but they've added new modifiers or something like something that. like that. Please don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. Well, also, it's dark side rusts.
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, it's going to get max EVs. So once all the pieces are gathered, Sora needs to find two more. So I'm guessing these are just the pieces that he has enabled, been enabled to find due to.
1: It seems like connecting with the hearts of the five guardians kind of let him see these. Although what happens next implies that he could have found the other ones, because basically what happens is his timer runs out. Like Master Xehanort appears in front of uh, Future Sora and says, well, you're past out this year. Now you're stuck with them."
0: Yep. And so we're forced back into Sora's heart and then different things start to happen rather than doing the end of the base game.
2: In present Sora's heart, future Sora wonders what to do
0: next to find the last two fragments. And so then like he's just like, maybe I'll just follow my heart. And he sees Riku's Station of Awakening just like off in the distance.
1: Oh, Riku's right over there. Yep. And I'm just going right back to the taboo thing. I'm still imagining the Alrix's doors inside the gate of truth being right next to each other.
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, and so, yeah, he goes over there. And now we're on the other side of the portal as the Keyblade Masters are holding back Kingdom Hearts. And Shion is just like, oh, shit, something's happening on the moon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like the like the Kingdom Hearts moon becomes even darker. Like it goes from the shadowy to a pitch black. And as we see, we see a cut to Master Xehanort fighting the, like, at the pinnacle of the tower. The dramatic theme kicks out and the and those armored replicas come out to face the heroes.
0: Yep. And so like we get all the heroes getting like knocked into the sky for this fight. And so we're like the background is filled
2: with all of these keyholes just yeah. opening and closing.
0: And like they're being and the, and the keyholes are being
1: swept along with the wind as well. It's just everything's yeah. completely chaotic.
0: Yeah. So now we have to have the Guardians of Light versus the replicas. I have in my notes. This is so fucking cool. I have nothing but praise for this. It's one of the coolest thinking parts of Hearts I've ever done.
1: It's kind of a simple thing. Like, it switches to a specific hero. I think it starts with Riku.
0: It, it's totally a cinematic cutscene fight, but it's like...
1: You attack and attack and attack until a reaction command comes out, which is kind of like a mini little, like, uh, let it break. And it's usually showing, like, two of them at a time attacking. Like, first yeah. Axel and Riku, and then it switches over to Axel Control, and Roxas is next to him,
0: Or, like, and then occasionally it will switch to the people that are using... uh reflect in the background and like you have to specifically reflect all the uh, replicas like
1: all the replicas months. like rear back and they're going to charge and then mickey shiona Kyrie cast a massive guard guards everyone then you can block it back
0: yeah like it's this, so this is cool so many cool cool looking what it's just like epic moment after epic moment after like, epic riku moment riku and Terra yeah. get
1: a back-to-back moment Then the guy gives them <laughs> each other a keyblade high five before they yes when they strike that's uh that's- Tara, i think i think ventus tells roxas he looks cool
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they do so many just like cool moments to just try to pay off of this is the coolest moment we're ever going to do in Kingdom Hearts. Uh, like right Aqua
1: now. cuts Aqua cuts right into a spell a spell weaver uh, um, uh, figure skating spin. Yeah. Axel Axel combines it with his chakra for just a massive. He does fire spin. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so like all that being said, like. It's the coolest moment in Kingdom Hearts. No. It's the coolest moment in Kingdom Hearts so far.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> coolest moment.
0: But they so clearly far. spent
2: a, a huge amount of money choreographing this fight. Oh, it's
1: like it, Honestly, the programming is probably pretty simple because oh, yeah. they just there was the choreography,
0: like you said. <laughs> it's animations. Like they but they like it's pretty clear, like this is storyboard. Where, uh, yeah, this is where a lot of the thought process for Remind went to. It's just like Okay, now we finally got here. Let's have some fucking fun.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucked. Everyone else kind of just stood out there. We're acting like the batteries for Tegiro to do. Oh, wait, that was Digimon Young Hunters.
0: God damn it. (laughs) Fuck Young Hunters. All all my homies hate Young Hunters. Gets
1: gets the massive multiplayer together and everyone else is a battery for the main character. Who sucks.
0: God, I hate that anime so much. And yet it's not Colin. (laughs) We didn't (laughs) even finish Colin. (laughs) This has been our Digimon rant for the moment. I
1: said, it's just everyone gets to do their cool moments like Roxas summons his light pillars.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's but, it's key, it's awesome as hell. It's great. But th-
1: but then as the fight concludes, the replicas do a committed attack, which starts breaking through the reflect. But in the middle of this, by the way, sword like future sword jumped into Riku and
0: back out. <laughs> yep. And he traces a piece of Kairi's heart. Uh, so then like uh, replicas shatter the guardians reflect and each guardian goes flying through a keyhole. And the only person who gets saved is Mickey, as Riku just like tosses him away. At that exact moment, Future Sora traces over to Mickey as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, they, and they're both in the same pose going, Riku. But then Riku's tossed through their portal and Mickey is knocked to
0: not the ground because he's in the air. But like so like all the keyholes merge and the Brecklenorts form an array and then Kino shit happens. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> it's just mickey alone i like got this weird lit up path created by the massive keyhole while the uh while these one of the uh North clones are ready
0: to attack and mickey can barely get to his feet and then we're given a button spam to get up and then like we are doing so if you've ever played male gear solid 4 there's this very iconic moment towards the end of it where uh old snake has to crawl through a microwave tunnel
1: like, literally, they say it should be strong enough that it could literally cook and dissolve flesh. They, but other than implying that his tactics to is helpy a little, it's sparky and he like, you're just slamming a key. Yeah. Headic theme plays and there's cut going in a split screen.
0: Like it's mm. like intentionally designed to be painful. And so then Mickey is given his own fucking uh, yeah. microwave crawl here. Yeah. Mickey
1: <laughs> fucking mouse, like clearly unable to stand well, limping, holding his side, dragging his keyblade. Is, is set upon by the Norts who appear one at a time to attack him. He's fire huge beams at him. He blocks him and shoots the beam back at them. It's just yeah, like
0: remind rule so fucking much.
1: Fantastic. Dramatic theme is playing, by the way. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. Like, so, that's Mickey Mouse doing this, though.
1: It's so fun. It's so <laughs> For cool. All, I all his monstrousness. It. I have argued that Mickey is clearly beyond powerful. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's super strong. I, this is your penance, mouse. Shoulder this alone. <laughs> God.
2: Well, Sora's helping him here.
0: No, no, not yet. Well, I have in my notes at the end of the determination crawl through the Replenort onslaught, Sora and Mickey do a father-son Kamehameha that killed Cell to blast <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like all the Norts. All the Norts combine their beams and Mickey's still holding it back. But as he's pushed back, suddenly, as Mickey declares that he will fight back, Sora appears behind him with his own blade to c- c- just to combine the method.
0: Uh, like Ooh. God uh, why is this in
1: this game? It's so fun. they just gain more power.
2: Yeah. They just want full rule of cool here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
0: so cool.
3: I love it so much.
1: And then Mickey just declares all together his he forms a massive blade of light from his keyblade and just swipes through the Nort replicas, most of them being destroyed in a single swing.
0: And then Future Sora <laughs> pops out with the last light he needed to save Kyrie. <laughs> and, then, and then Mickey with a great key he blasts the keyhole. Yep. Yep. And then Future Sora flies through that keyhole and finds himself in the keyhole dimension. Uh, of course there's a keyhole dimension. <laughs> it's time for a weird mini-game in the keyhole dimension. This
1: one's so hard to discuss, I would just say this is all fucking going on. <laughs> yes! <laughs> By the way, did we mention that when Future Story literally caught Mickey and spoke to him, and Mickey still didn't find necessary to tell what this? <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> secrets are like a drug to me. Oh, God, <laughs> I get off on secrets. Oh. Secrets and lies—the only way I can make, keep Minnie being satisfied.
2: Oh no!
1: Oh oh no no no! We've gone someplace wrong here. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But so basically, you're playing a weird connected dots. Like you can shoot your beam at different keyholes, which will cause them to connect the others like constellations. There's ones that are glowing, which do bigger, like will do bigger connections if you do it at the right moment, but it doesn't matter that much.
0: Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a wrong way to do it, but like I interpreted it as Sora connecting all the hearts in the universe to find his friends and save them. I don't know if there's like a another read on that, but like that's what I saw.
1: And it's like it's playing this instrumental ver- this like orchestral version of the only beloved, which goes in just a couple instruments to a full swell.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: They're doing their best to make this a moment. I mean, it's fun. It's just the mini-game is weird. Yep. Uh the Guardians all return and fragments of Kyrie's heart all become a flower. Sora zaps the flower with his key plate and Kyrie reappears. There's so much fun uh, back here.
1: Do I wanna do I wanna say it? I mean, <laughs> should
0: <laughs> I say it? You're
1: Not gonna say it. Yeah, Sora Sora just deflowered Kyrie.
3: God
0: no. damn it. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I was I was debating say it. It. You told You're me to go with it. it
0: you got to say it. You might as well fucking say it, buddy. Honestly, I felt guilty enough. I wasn't sure on that one. Well, they brace in the sky in front of Kingdom Hearts here, so I can't get some blood.
1: <laughs> I just love he does the whole Kingdom Hearts 2 opening the way. Like he makes the the cloudy zone, the uh, and then they, there's the circle blast from it <laughs> yep. to open up the last keyhole to, to reawaken her.
0: But then a spiral of darkness interrupts the happy moment because... Who should show up? But armored Xehanort? Because all those Xehanort
1: clones turned into dark wisps? And those appear to have ever remained. And now they're slowly gathering.
2: Yep. And so now we get the choice of using Sora or Kyrie to fight armored
0: Xehanort. Yeah, you could pick Sora, but this is the first opportunity we've ever had to play as Kyrie. You would be a damn fool not to pick Kyrie.
1: <laughs> you could pick Sora, but then why did you? Why, why do you not have joy in your life?
0: Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> You've already thought yeah, armored Xehanort as Sora. Well, not this. I would say North, though. This is a totally new fight. Uh huh. And night
1: sky, and for somehow he's formed like the array of those no name replicas behind him, like they're, like are wings. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So uh, this fight is very tough on critical mode, but Kyrie is incredibly fun to play as. Like Kyrie, she's tricky. Yeah, like she's a lot faster than Aqua, but she still focuses a bit more on magic, uh, but also like Her speed. Like yeah. I, I would say she's more like a red mage. The Her attack
1: animations me. have a bit of wind up. Like she moves yeah. pretty okay, but her attack animation slows up, but she hits surprisingly like a truck. And she has mm. brutal, brutal light filled combos.
0: And I also just like love her animations. I think they're really cute. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's like her and Sora have the have the uh have the, the shipping dual tech of, of wings and memories.
0: Yeah, like um <laughs> I think I love one of Kairi's Ky- one of Kyrie's attacks is she just goes, please work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's her. like that's her just spinning her keyblade around like she's in wisdom form, too. So she's yeah. Has, yeah. yeah. But I just like her and her and uh, her and Sora hold hands, form a giant pair of wings, one each dive bomb the Xehanor and like a random memory appears in one of the feathers that bolts off. Yes, <laughs> like said, it's the shipping wings.
0: Yeah, that is the move called connecting hearts, right? Or is that just no. like a connecting hearts is
1: their final blast, I believe. All right, all right, OK, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you get a checkpoint at the halfway mark when uh, Armored Zanaris armor starts to break. He starts to open up a bunch of keyholes and seems to destroy worlds as part of his attacks, dropping meteors on the arena. It's really dramatic. Yeah, like these
1: black planetoids appear out of the keyholes. His keyblades strike into them, turn them red and, and glowing, and then they crash in.
2: So we're going pretty Gurren Lagan scale here.
0: It's pretty amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's so unique too. It's like the only fight like this. And so once this fight's
1: finished, like it's still in the sky. They open up a keyhole together, and that awakens. And that has the other guardians appear.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone joins in to save Mickey, and the whole team yeah. lands in unison. They raise the keyblades to deliver the final blow, and Sora finally gets to say, "My friends are my
3: power."
1: <laughs> I just imagine what I'm looking. Sora's like, "Really? Is this the time?"
0: I, hey, I <laughs> want to point out. That signature line that lets you know Kingdom Hearts has hit its climax does not appear in the base game. I went and checked the fucking script yeah. like uh, there's like, a bit of a mocking tone of it. Uh, but like Stora never gets a chance to say it until now. Yeah. Like, And I feel like and like, honestly, that's my my. I think the base game feels incomplete without remind.
1: <laughs> and I love that the armored Xehanort clone basically gets DBZ key blasted in the nothingness, like a huge yeah. beam of light that dissolves in.
0: Yeah. He's blasted away by the power of friendship. <laughs> I have the power of friendship
1: in Disney on my side, as we established. Yep.
2: Yep. And finally, on the other side, we have Sora, Donald, and Goofy win their own fight with Master Xehanort. So this all happened <laughs> at the same time as yeah. the final fight of Kingdom Hearts was occurring. It's worth noting, though,
0: Sora and Kyrie have turned into light and vanished. <laughs> And honestly,
1: there's like, wait, what just
0: happened? Yeah, it's like everyone the, do. they're like, we're not going to tell. No one told Sora anything. No, no one told Sora, Donald and Goofy that that happened. <laughs> just oh, does it make sense. <laughs> but it's wonderful. I mean, I, I feel like all of them are just kind of like. Did we just have a shared collective hallucination? We're not telling Sora about that, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He missed that cool fight. He doesn't get to know about. But did he miss
2: it? I think he was there. I think it's the sort of thing where I don't think Sora would understand, even if we tried to tell him what happened.
1: Well, Sora's been through this twice, so I think he's feared up some of it.
2: <laughs> he's just like, "Hey, Sora, you kind of showed up here and out out here too, and fought something while you were fighting over there,
1: and also Kyrie was there, but apparently she's still missing."
0: <laughs> you guys, I don't understand. In the final world, two lives ascend and become Sora and Kyrie. <laughs>
1: yeah. So Sora looks at his hand; and he's already been flying out of existence. It's fading a bit.
3: Yep. Well, my friend should be here, but hey, cheereth Whoop! Whoa! Hey, why didn't you say something? I was just trying to give you some privacy. Nice to meet you. Oh, likewise. I'm glad you're okay. Kirithi, we're heading home. You should come with us. What? Take it from me, it's not enough to wait for someone you care about. It's true that hearts are connected wherever you are. If it's impossible to be together, then all you can do is wait. But if it's possible to be together, then that's how it should be. Sora? You know, this really is a beautiful place. But you'd enjoy it so much more with someone you care about. Before, when I was looking around with Kyrie. I remembered how important it is to share moments with friends. That's why you're coming with us. I'm taking you to see your friend, Cherothy.
1: And Cherothy just starts crying. You know, as a plush animal, there's no tears. <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay,
0: let's go. <laughs> and so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I kind of just want to have a little sidebar there. When Sora just like did that, it's, it's important how important it is to share moments with friends. I just like jaw dropped. I'm like, I did not realize that there was in this when I, when like I made the tagline for the series. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: That's funny.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna we go back into the ending scenes, the montages of the different characters, but amusingly they add a little bit of animation to each showing Sora and Kyrie like just off screen or just involved. I keep yeah. joking they're doing their David Tennant farewell from Doctor Who.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the big the big thing that they do is that They push Chirithi out from behind uh, behind a corner to go meet with Ventus.
1: Yeah, Yeah. they're they're out. They're on the uh, higher ledge of the unsafe clock tower. So that thing definitely fell over a second later. (laughs) And then Uh. Kyrie's like, oh, right. And she she apparently somehow like is able to send Naminate to the replica body. (laughs) Like we see the light. We see the light being taken from her body and sent to it. Mm
2: yeah so so we end uh, end up seeing that
0: Sora and Kyrie end up going together somewhere, and like uh, yeah, we don't hear the final words between them and the credits roll, uh and Sora still disappears uh that's it uh so yeah, yeah limit cup of
1: the and ta- the four towers happens before, but I kept forgetting to say, yeah they would find it really strange they insist on calling the one character young Xehanor in the dialogue. <laughs> The Theodore is out working.
0: Just. Well, they needed to distinguish him. Would you prefer they call him the NFT pusher? Slash the uh, AI grifter? I mean, that's what you call him. I know, right? It would be accurate, but that's not what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So well, we really don't have much story left to talk about. What we have left talking about is Limica and how I gave up on it immediately. Yep. <laughs> Limit cut. It's, I mean, I, lim- lim- I lim- tried cut. fights. I tried about four recurrences of three different fights. Like,
0: I can't be bothered. Limit Cut episode is now available. Who wants data battles? I do. I do. <laughs> <Ugh>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite bit of trivia about Limit Cut, I'm going to say right here, is that apparently it was named because Nomura basically saw the fights with the reorganization in the actual game as the dumbed down narrative versions. And what we're seeing here is with all their limits removed. Here's what the fights were quote unquote actually like.
0: But like it's a lot of those fights were, were like uh, multi-person battles. So were all these fights happening at the same time? That'd be terrifying.
1: Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> broke the, whoops, uh, we just broke the engine. We can't do that. It's oh, kind no. of
2: the opposite of the minstrel's retellings in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Like in that, a guy made up something new to make it harder. In this, the story was told first in a less realistic
0: version or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a little bit of story building up to them, though. Uh, so we first start off with Riku seeing off Terra Ventus and Aqua. Uh, they're on a journey to the realm of darkness.
1: And I was like, it's fine. Now I have them so they could suffer as much as I did. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I swear Aqua's too nice to not feel vengeful thoughts, but I... I could just imagine her getting a really dark sense of humor
0: about it. She's just gonna kind of, just walking along the dark and She just uh, casually pushes Tara into the water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, not that I guess she's still too nice for that. I imagine her making just the darkest shit jokes.
0: <laughs> just total gallows humor the whole way.
1: I remember this place. This is where I lost all hope and just sat <laughs> sat staring at the ground for three weeks. Something like yeah. that, just oh, to gosh. completely disturb them.
0: Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Radiant Garden and we learned that a year has passed since the main story ended. And shock of
1: shocks, we have Final Fantasy characters.
0: Yes, they don't exist anymore. But Kingdom Hearts doesn't need Final Fantasy. We got with the Radiant Four, if you recall who that. Yeah, uh, we got Sid, Aerith, Yuffie. I think it's just Sid, Aerith and Yuffie. No, Leon's or- there
1: because I still know oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. still not David Corianus yeah, right. anymore.
0: Yeah, so, so yeah, we got the Sid, Aerith, Yuffie and uh, Leon. Now, let's be clear, Leon, Yuffie and
1: Erev have nothing to do but just show off the fact that they had finished the models, but didn't put them in the in the base game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sid, however, has something else, but we'll get to that in a moment. First, we learn what all the other people are doing. Mickey, Doll and Goofy are just searching all the worlds they've already been for Sora, which seems unproductive. I feel like they just pop in Hades every so often. Is Sora here now? No! <laughs> get out! <laughs> uh, How about th- now? Go away! As we said before, Terra, Ventus and Aqua are off in the realm of darkness looking for him for a year. Uh, I think they left more recently than that is the impression. Except no.
1: Well, we see their scene and then it has a title card saying one year later, once it switches to Radiant. They
0: might be
2: making regular expeditions. That certainly seems less destructive,
0: they didn't go wearing their armor this time. So all the folks in Twilight Town are studying Roxas and Xion's memories. Kyrie is working with Anson the Wise, Evan and Nienzo, and has been asleep for a year while I search her heart. What the fuck? Yeah, so we
1: have a girl on a slab in the lab with two old guys and the young guy they groomed. Uh, uh, This is uncomfortable. Riku, you should be more upset about the fact that your
0: only other childhood friend is in a coma. Learn more about this. Go play Melody of Memories. We'll do that next week. (laughs) And in Radiant Garden, Sid has discovered something in the data. I found a Sora. Well, no, they made another Data Sora. I have in my notes. Sid, could you stop creating data life?
1: <laughs> so again, is Tron just not available? Apparently well, not. That's not because this is remember. This is their copy Tron. Original Tron is still
0: possibly Rinsler. I know, but Final Fantasy characters think that if Data Sora fights the data of Real Organization Thirteen, they can find a way to the real Sora. That's flimsy, man. <laughs> I mean, they can't access the data directly, which is why they need a Data Sora to fight them. Don't you get it?
1: By the way, Sid, like a dick, shouts, "What the hell is that?" And they all look at the screen to see Sora there before he explains anything. So, <laughs> like you found Sora in the computer? No, i just made a Data Sora.
0: So anyway, now we are Riku, and we access the computer, and we are now Data Sora in the Gardevoir Assemblage.
1: Is Riku like have a controller? Is controlling Data Sora? I think so. Hmm.
0: This is weird. This is very weird. This is extremely weird. But oh man. It is our opportunity now to have some data battles. Eleven data things are open and two are closed. I started with the cannon fodder and went through the order of relevance. Yeah.
1: Even in normal mode, because I hadn't like upgrade all the way. I didn't do completions. I was crushed oh. almost immediately. And while I toyed with going back and starting to complete, I honestly felt too exhausted.
2: You really need to have like all the best equipment and and some preparation uh, yeah.
0: in order to do these. It still will require you to learn patterns to do this, even on lower difficulty levels. Like each one of these is a much better design fight than the data battles in kingdom hearts two. I think, uh, apart from like data vanitas, but we'll get to that.
2: They're a little bit more fair. I think usually than the kingdom hearts two, they're more
0: fair, but they're also more interesting is the thing. Like they're not just like, here's a increased HP of the same fight that you did before. Like with say data, Marluxia in and kingdom hearts two. So first one I fought the most canon foddery of them all was Lark Number six. Well, she's just there because she didn't have anything better to do that weekend. So exactly. So she has a version of 13th Struggle for her music. It's probably the least notable of these themes, but it's still pretty neat. Yeah.
1: I noticed the themes kind of fall into like there's like two main things for most of them. So for those that have very individual themes.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's I considered it a bit of a rough intro to the data battles, but uh, it still ended up being one of the easier ones to learn. She introduces the idea that there's going to be blockable and unblockable hits. She zips around like a ferret on speed. Let's be clear here. <laughs> but like, once you understand her pattern, she's really predictable. She's vulnerable to shot locks when she's in clone spam. So in the end, I found her pretty easy. B+. Next one that I fought was number seven, Marluxia. His music is Lord of the Castle, data version. And I got Carpal Tunnel fighting this asshole. <laughs> yeah. He has several basic states. He's while he's attacking and he's blockable. While he's attacking, he's unblockable. And while he's vulnerable. And he, can, and he flips between those states constantly in his attack patterns. Like, I can't cheese to skip phases in this fight like I could in the last one. Uh, so I forced myself to play more conservatively, only attacking when I knew he was vulnerable.
2: Yeah, a lot of these a lot of these data battles I found is just a question of don't get greedy, just whittle down the health bars when you can.
0: So um, Larxene's desperation mode uh, was one that was, like, super vulnerable to shot locks. He's a desperation move. He T poses certain dominance and just like, uh, and puts up some armor, as I recall. First time is when he's at 60% HP. Second time is he when he locks himself at 1 HP. And he casts Doom on Sora. The first time you need to break his armor to dispel Doom. Uh, he's a bit invulnerable, but it's slow to tick. The second time he's invulnerable for a very long time. And it's just like, you have to find the right opportunity to shot lock him to, get, to rip away that last HP. He's weak to fire, which instantly rips off his armor. But in the end, I found him pretty annoying and I gave him a B.
3: Hmm.
0: Next up, I did uh, number five, Luke Sword, finish off the Jabber squad. Yes, I know he seems to be more on Zigbar's level, actually, with what we saw before, but uh, he self-sorted with the Jabber's and Keyblade Mania as Mickey's opponent. So that's where he goes. Because
1: his element is time, his time power is back.
0: Yep. I need to call out that the his version of 13th struggle is slightly different from Lark scenes. It's a bit more like contemplative, if that's the right word. And it mm-hmm. fucking kicks ass. It's one of my favorite songs to just like pull up from Kingdom Hearts 3 and listen to from time to time. It's really cool. This is the first fight that I gave the S grade for this game. Like, it is a really cool fight. It changes the rules of Kingdom Hearts here to test your patience, blocking, attention, and precision. Like, what I ended up thinking about it is that it's like a stand battle in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure rather than your typical Kingdom Hearts brawl. Like, you have to figure out how his power works and fight against it in a way that uses your brain rather than just like uses your muscle. It's really cool. I loved it a lot like
1: he has three phases but i would describe luke swords version as actually more sinister
0: Hmm, interesting it's just better but it does fit luke swords style better in general The first kind of phase for him is he just spams cards there's all sorts of different block strings you can do if you block or destroy these cards it makes one of the next possible phases easier uh so there's two phases where you're actually able to um reveal him to do damage in the first part of the fight Uh, what I call phase 2A he summons five cards that spin around him one has an O the rest have X's and each time you break the one with an O one of the X's becomes the next O when you break all the O's his barrier breaks and you can attack him fuck up and you blow up phase 2B Luxor turns into a card and mixes up with any cards left over from phase 1 so like all these cards are left behind if you didn't block them or destroy them and all these cards will stand up and you need to find him if you can find them, you can combo them. Otherwise, you need to break all these O cards. Non-O cards have backs that face the camera almost instantly. Uh, so you need to find cards that don't turn quickly. Hmm. It's, it is a neat little fourth wall breaky bit. Like, honestly, I feel like his fight has mechanics that bend the rules in a way that just like seemed like they're warping the game itself. This makes me wonder a lot about Luke Sword, about what kind of person he actually is, if he's this little, little reality warper. <laughs>
1: I mean, in fact, that his element is time, which is a lot more wild than any of the other ones. Yeah. I mean, Zigbar claims this was space. I'm pretty sure he was just making that up.
0: But I'm not done talking about him yet because his desperation move is basically the last part of the fight. Uh, And it is a big card picking minigame. We kind of had something similar in Kingdom Hearts 2, but the rules for this one are a lot more clear. Uh, So there's basically there's two parts to it. Part one has you finding static cards where like each one of them has a Luke sword on it and one, and you just remove them from the pile. Part two has a single Luke sword card jumping between cards. And like the moment I figured out how each of these work, I solved them. And this fight was one immediately. Like it, it was a fight that just came down to, can you solve this puzzle? And mm-hmm. it was really cool. One of my favorites in this game. Yeah. I tend to like puzzle fights in most games pretty well. So next up, I went for number eight, Syx. And uh, his theme is a version of 13th Dilemma that is just like kind of metal. <laughs> it fits his very berserker uh, mentality. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Data Sykes.
2: <laughs> just randomly, I thought it was kind of funny. I didn't mention it earlier. Oh, go for uh, it. I thought it was funny that Sykes called Axel a lunatic. <laughs> kind of ironic. <laughs> lunacy. Yep, yes. lunacy desperation
0: and lunacy. I know that well. <laughs> so this, this fight was the first skill gate of the data battles on critical mode. And, like, it was a pop quiz on all the elements that showed up in Larkseen, Marluxia and Luxor. I realized, um, so like it was about as fast as Larkseen's fight. Uh, it was about as precise as Marluxia's and it, like had even some of the puzzle solving elements that Luxor did. And so I would call it one of the better designed fights in the data battles. Having finished them all, <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's a really cool fight. So, like, his yellow and blue berserk is back. Uh, When he's yellow, his attacks are a bit like Marluxia's, where there's an odd counter window and very precise timing. But, like, actually, the real damage is done when he goes full berserk, which is also his desperation move, and it works a bit differently from desperation moves. If you're going to do it right, you basically have to tap into all the skills that you needed to do to fight Marluxia and with with all the difficulty turned way up on both. So that's why I didn't play fair in this fight. Why should i play fair when the game won't <laughs> this is also my attitude about elden ring when i played that game <laughs> yeah well
2: elden ring or sorry FromSoft games are kind of infamous for that you you yeah. you cheese things very intentionally because the game will cheese you
0: so my strategy that consistently got me to the last phase which is a much harder version of the first desperation move was as follows i reprisal his very first attack dump all my MP into Blazaga, and enter MP charge mode to speed up Situation Command building, as well as maximizing my chances for Grand Magic Blazaza and Form Change. I get one more combo in to complete the Situation Command right before he morbs, I dodge through the knockback to be close when he morbs, and then I fire off Blazaza once he jumps to start attacking. From there, I Form Change and nullify his first Blue Berserk with two full combos, the second requiring a bit of special timing since it comes in the middle of one of his attacks. And then I finish off the rest of his Blue Berserk with a finisher and follow up with one or two shot locks. It's basically uh, Infinity Circle's the highest damage and dealing move I have for when his defenses are down. Like, is Then from there, it's an endurance match where I just like have to outlast his much harder Blue Berserk and find a few moments to shot lock him to finish him off. I went mm-hmm. from hating this fight to kind of loving it. Like, it pushed me to improve in ways that the other David Datal Battles really didn't. And, like... Once you figure out how predictable it is, I had to knock it down a bit of a grade, but I gave it an A. It's really cool. I really <laughs> like this fight. I will have less of a dissertation on the next few fights. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I like you talking about them, but there's too many fights. That I'll talk about that full.
0: I know. <laughs> so, well, fortunately, they're going to get a bit easier from here. Uh, next up was number 10, Repliku, with the Forza de Maia theme. Uh, it's... A quick and easy little puzzle. Like, he has a lot of dark elemental magic attacks, so stacking dark resistance negates a lot of incoming damage. He So, his little trick is that he uh, will block your own attacks, kind of like John playing Birth by Sleep as Aqua with a barrier. Uh, and you can bait his barrier surge with a single poke and dodge, then follow up with a combo once the attack goes off. Like, what it seemed a, bit a little chaotic at first, but, like, I solved it really quickly and didn't find it to be that annoying, but also not that special. But, A minus. So, the second to last non-Nort is number 11, Vanitas. His old Under the Darkness doesn't get a new version of the base game. And he's stupid. I hate his shtick, and I'm tired of him. His -hmm. mechanics aren't difficult, and his blink dodge is actually reasonably predictable in revenge count this time. But his desperation move is a pain in the ass to deal with, and it's just like a real RNG fest. Eventually, I found an exploit where I could link a shot lock to the end of certain combo strings to skip his desperation move. Fuck this guy. C-grade. <laughs> the final non-Nort, and therefore the most important non-Nort, was number four, Zigbar.
1: I like the thought that he's probably still not seeing his real ability, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's because he's a keyblade
0: wielder and we never see him use it. So. He also has 13th Dilemma. He has a cool little uh, tense low-key version of it as well that shows up when you have his face off mechanic. Uh, this is the best Zigbar fight yet. Like... There's no perspective fuckery this time around. It's just a good old fashioned sniper duel in close quarters. uh, If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like um, you make me you make me think of the gun, the gun foo from
1: equilibrium, though. when You say that.
0: kind of he opens up the fight by making a big donut in the arena. You can't go through the center and you have to, like, move around the side. This is actually one of the few fights where uh, I couldn't find a way to stun him long enough with magic to get in a shot lock. So I had to play fair the entire fight. I got a, more aggressive as I went on, and uh, it got really satisfying. Uh, a+, plus, this is a great fight. Uh, so let's go from the non-norts to the least norty of the norts, number nine, Terra Xehanort. Nort, 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 nort. <laughs> many norts. nort everything is nort. Uh, so his fight theme is a version of Dismiss, and unfortunately he's a lot like Venitas. I noticed I didn't like the fights that were birthed by It. and that was coincidentally, or maybe not so coincidentally, Venitas and Terra Xehanort. Uh, he had a few basic patterns and the easiest, uh, desperation move. Like I didn't think he was very fun. Gave him a C number 12 is young Xehanort with his old Impetto Escura battle theme. And I found it folks, the easiest data battle. (laughs) He has lower HP than the other data battles. And all that does is open him up to the shot lock exploits that I've been doing.
2: Yeah. He, he does a lot of like, Weird traps to try to counter you and catch you. He tries to do like area control, but.
0: Yeah, his patterns were some of the easiest to learn and counter, and it was like pretty easy to figure out how to make those exploits. Like, it's the opposite of Mysterious Figure. It didn't wear out its welcome. (laughs) Plus, next North was number two, Ansem Seeker of Darkness. His battle theme is Lamenta Oscura, and fucking hell is he annoying. So whenever a boss goes into their desperation mode, I like to say they T-pose to assert dominance. And as fitting in a tier of bosses T-poses to assert dominance, Ansem is always T-posing, and therefore is the most annoying to fight. Like, he's always playing keep away, and his DM is one of the nastiest to counter since is Blue Berserk. But unlike Syax, nothing is fun about solving him. He's just annoying to counter, and like, at the end of the day, he's just thwarted by spamming healing items. (laughs) <laughs> I liked him better than than Venitas though. B minus. Oh, we finally made it to the last data battle of the eleven we had available from the start. Number three, Zemnis. The Skirted Tail Ignito is the battle theme, and it's an amazing fight. <laughs> Everything you could want from a Zemnis fight is here. Uh, he has a lot of cool moves with his uh, nothingness tendrils. He has the laser dome that you have to block your way through, and it's not just like a, a simple uh, situation command to block your way through. No, you have to like. Time it perfectly and learn it. It's really cool to do it right. Uh, It's like I don't want to talk about it too much because ultimately it's still just kind of like another fight on this style. But man, it's really fun to get it right. I love this fight.
2: Yeah, the laser dome is a desperation move, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like in the middle of it, you can actually still fight back a bit, as I recall. So actually, no, you can't. You just need to block through it. Uh, Yeah. The way this desperation move works is um, you'll see a bunch of flashes of light uh, and then you'll know, OK, I need to block this light. Then you might, at some point, though, you might see a little blue flash of light in the in between little of uh, the red flashes of light. And, you know, OK, I need to dodge in the middle of this string. Like blue is usually an indicator that you need to dodge rather than block in these fights. Mm. Anyway, let's go on to Shion and Master Xehanort. Because they were the unlockables. <laughs> yep. Let's start with number 13, Sheon. and... No, oh, she's number I. <laughs> damn it. Uh, her fight theme is Vector of the Heavens, and holy fuck, is this a damn good version of Vector of the Heavens. Like, Vector of the Heavens has become one of my favorite boss themes in the entire series, and this is my favorite version of it. <laughs> it's. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real here, this is my favorite of the data battles and probably my second favorite fight in the entire series. Okay, no, I have my notes as my third favorite fight in the series, just shy of Lingering Will. I don't know if I agree with that anymore. I think I might like it more than Lingering Wheel now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I had to fight for every inch, even after all the knowledge I built up to win. And so here's the thing. She introduces a gimmick that'll show up in the next few fights as well, but it's, like, the most interesting here. She has a status effect that reduces your maximum HP. And so, like, it's a direct counter to second chance reliance strategy. It makes form changes a lot more important than they undo status effects. Uh, she has two desperation moves. Uh, and her second one illuminates the battlefield. You have to chip through her armor through the entire time. Like, it, I can't stress enough. This, like, is a really cool looking fight. Go watch a video of it. It'll look cool even if you see someone doing it well. It's really good. <laughs> Finally, we have Master Xehanort, number one. Forza della la Scurita is the battle theme, and fuck this fight. It, it's not my least favorite. It's a, I gave it a B, but, um,. I just got really tired of it, and it's the only fight in the game that I used a coupon coin on, and I don't feel bad about that for a second.
1: I remember saying that apparently he form changes the Keyblade repeatedly in it.
0: Uh, yeah, his whole shtick is like he'll use the Keyblade as his attack pattern. He'll, like, you need to block it. Uh, you need to do things like his desperation move is the chair room, but annoying. Is that his ultimate end, you think? Yeah, probably. Like, I got through it by healing because I didn't want to learn that obnoxious block string. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun to counterattack some of his moves. So that's why I put him above Venita's Terra, Xehanort, and Ansem. But nah, not great. Still, that's all the data battles. Back in Radiant Garden, we've accomplished nothing. We found yeah. nothing.
1: <laughs> it was like, Well, that was nothing. It's like Riku got to play a challenge mode video game and accomplished nothing to the story.
0: Yep. But then the fairy godmother shows up, sent here by Merlin and Yen to find Riku. So she's here to ask about Riku's dreams. Riku explains that he's been seeing dreams of a strange city looking for Sora while someone else is watching, which I'm presuming is supposed to be the Yozora secret movie. So, the,
1: oh no, the player is watching.
0: Yes. <laughs> no, I think he's talking specifically about Yozora that's watching. But... It also could be Master Master's watching, since it's probably him. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. And uh, so, like, the dream doesn't have an ending and fairy godmother is just like, that's not a problem. we'll, we'll worry- end it in the next game. <laughs> yeah, we'll worry about it later. Uh, but Riku will be the key to finding Sora because he's been in Sora's dreams before. And so the fairy godmother says this.
1: So they asked me to come here since dreams are my specialty. Why is she so damn sus? <laughs> Her and Merwin, they're actually going to be the new final villains, actually.
0: I know, right? They are the true endgame above even Maleficent.
1: <laughs> Master Masters is doing everything because he needs to suppress them. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh my gosh. That's perfect, JRB Genius. Like the villain is trying to do everything <laughs> to suppress the true evil that is the fairy godmother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Kyrie. And then Kyrie's in the final world. <laughs> yep. Credits roll. Oh boy. Oh boy. So it was nice challenge for everyone, but boy, story there sure was nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'll play Melody of Memories to get the rest of that story. You never can get the order of those words right. I always want to say memory of melody.
0: I don't say. <laughs> uh, so the last part is the secret episode has been unlocked.
1: Which is which is one scene and one final fight.
0: Well, it's one scene, a fight and two possible endings. Yes.
1: First, we see what
3: appears to be the final world. Only it's night.
0: This place.
3: At least I'm all here. Hey, is anyone out there? Hello? Hey. Hey. Who's that? Where are you? Over here.
2: I see you. Sora uh, slows down as the strange man comes into view. His appearance stuns Sora and they stare at each other.
3: Hey, aren't you? You know me? Yeah, you're Yozora, right? How do you know that? Who are you? I'm Sora. And actually, there's something I have to ask you. Sora? You're Sora? Huh? You know who I am. Sure, I've heard of you. If you're here, then this can't be the real world, can it? But wait, that girl, she told me about you. Maybe you are real after all.
1: Are you done? No, this isn't the real world, and I am here. But this isn't what I really look like. How do you recognize me as Yozora? Huh? Why are you using Sora's name?
0: Because I am Sora.
1: If you are who you say, and it was fate that brought us here, then my path is
2: clear. Yep. So uh, Yozora summons his weapon. What is this gun crossbow thing? Yeah. Mm. What? Yuzora aims the weapon towards Sora, and the bow arms fold out from the crossbow. The floor suddenly lights up into a stained glass platform depicting Sora, and the water on the edges of the platform bends up into a cylindrical shape as the sky flashes into a new night sky. The platform is covered uh, by a cityscape materializing over top of it and Sora braces himself before opening his eyes at the feel of the high-altitude air whipping through his clothes and and hair as they're on top of the 104 building from the secret movie. Hey, wait!
1: I accidentally wandered this place and went through some trials. Then, I was told to save Sora.
3: Huh? And what's with that weapon?
1: Time to end this.
0: Versus Yozora.
1: But I want to mention the cityscape, it seems to almost weirdly digitize in like there's a lot of little computer scanning sounds. It kind of just comes down this wave of lights.
0: Mm-hmm. So now we have to fight Yozora. I got intimidated by his 20 health bars and instantly died getting the bad ending.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just say that this scene is weird. Oh, it's so very I weird. I don't look like this. Why do you call me this? And it's like, you are Sora. Wait, why are you using Sora's name? You are Sora? Great.
0: (laughs) Cool, I'm going to save you, kills you. (laughs) I'm going to save the shit out of you. So
1: the bad ending. Sora falls injured. Sorry, I don't
2: lose. Sora crystallizes. I will save you. Yozora sees the final world and then wakes up in a car.
3: I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, like, is any, any of this, this
1: for real, real or not. not? None of this makes sense to me.
0: Secret episode is now available to challenge at any time from the main menu. <laughs> Joey, see that. Joey, see you die a lot. Like, yep. it's pretty damn fucking clear. You are not meant to win this on your first go because like <laughs> he almost say I might understand is He almost sans cheaps you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Pretty much like his first attack is like a cheap little laser bl- brigade, as I recall. I swear I read that he can use his desperation move at any point if he feels like it. Like his AI, you said some of that. I will talk about that for the real versus zero fight. And can i going to say up front, this is the best fight in Kingdom Hearts and it's not close. Unlike the F- Kingdom Hearts 2, where I ended up fighting Flingering Will before I did all the data battles, uh, which kind of was a mistake. I really should have done the data battles first because they it would have been a better buildup the buildup of having all the data battles to get to this made it very good training for this. And it's like everything interesting about those data battles comes back for this one in one incredibly well-designed fight.
1: What? Is, and so
0: what's the theme playing? Oh gosh. What is the theme? Uh, I want to say Knox something. Oh, um, Knox Flugel, I- Nightwing. Knox Flugel.
1: Oh, so it's Dick Grayson. This is Bloodborne.
0: God damn it. Hmm. Triple S grade, yes, yes, yes. Triple S, perfect, perfect thing. Lloyd would approve. Can't make that reference yet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that didn't pay attention. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so every data battle has followed the general design of lingering will: a phase demonstrating basic attacks, a desperation move that you have to survive through and def- test your defense, and then a final phase that has harder versions of the attacks from phase one. Zora is kind of the next step up from this, so. Well, Lingering Will kind of like had a random pool of attacks that he pulled from, all the other data battles just like had a pretty set pattern. Um, But Yozora has way more attack patterns, and unlike all the other fights, he has way more openings. I think there's only one fight in all of uh, the data battles that had multiple openings, and I think it might have been Terra Xehanort, but I don't remember why I didn't find all that compelling. But this one is like uh, he has five possible opening moves and one of them is jumping straight to his desperation move to skip all of phase one. Which like the moment I saw it happen, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? But but because of this, it ended up being incredibly fun to prog. I understand he steals items. Yes, he can steal your Koopa coin for the ultimate fuck you. Yep. Yeah, do not bring a Koopa coin into this fight. It will fuck you over. He has two moves that can steal stuff from you. He has a tractor beam that will steal your items, and he has a weird orb that will steal your keyblade. Which feels like it shouldn't be possible to steal a (laughs) keyblade, but he can. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you think this to try and make a point is this is breaking all the rules? You think it's supposed to be like that?
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh, for sure. It is such a good fight. God, Uh, like um, every single poll ends up being a chance to test your skills on a new trick, and like it's harder than Data Sheon, but it was faster to Prague. Uh, like, once I got good enough to reach his desperation move consistently, I practiced it because of his phase skip move, and it gives me enough time to be like, okay, I can, uh, really learn this fight, uh, I can get through the end. Like, by the time I was, like, made it to the final phase, I was good enough that I finished it after only getting to the fifth visit to the final phase. Like, this fight is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, Hmm. God, I'm so excited to see what more they've got coming in Kingdom Hearts 4.
1: So basically, I know I would never have gone near this fight. I just think it would never have worked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this fight is probably brutal, even on normal. Yeah. Even on beginner, like. I mean, you remember the data. I understand he's worse than the data fights, and I was dying at those horribly. Yep. Mm. But once you finally beat him, we get a different scene where his hands start dissolving the lights. I guess that my powers aren't needed yet.
3: What do you mean?
2: Never mind. Hmm. He gives Sora a little smile before the world flashes white. Sora opens his eyes, and he's standing in the final world again, and the last traces of Yozora float away. Commander! Commander!
1: So slowly wakes up in the back of the car. Impressive, is it not? I've been... I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like... Like
3: is, Is any, any of, of this surreal, surreal? or not? Huh? None of this makes sense to me.
1: So those are the original lines, the very start of the games. Like, oh no,
0: the loop. <laughs> yep, it's a new game. All right, phone. <laughs> <laughs> I've <I'll- laughs> entered an endless recursion of time. God damn it! Oh god! And that's it for Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> <laughs> We're technically not done with the series, but holy shit! Yes,
1: god. <laughs> uh, and, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. we can even just put aside the. Luke Sword, what the fuck? Because we've already said plenty about that.
0: Yeah. Um. So the voice of the uh guy that is Yazora's driver is Luke Sword, and you really don't get a good look at him, but it could be him.
1: Like I think you like you just barely see that is someone with like a like short crop blonde hair.
0: I think we'll have more time to like talk about like what we think is coming in Kingdom Hearts next week because most of next week is going to be the uh Melody of Memories, which has like five a five minute (laughs) cutscene.
2: (laughs) <laughs> and then we're just going to do kind of a retrospective on the whole series
0: so far. And speculate about what's coming next, but mostly just have a bit of fun next week. It'll be a nice yep. little cool-down episode. I think this is the best game in the series, especially, like, Remind making the ending even better.
1: I remember yeah. a backlash against it. I, I, I've i heard people since blame the, the marketing and unfair fan expectations. Would you agree with I those?
0: Think, I think unfair fan expectations goes a long way to explaining the problem. Like, um Dream Drop Distance ends with... Uh, Master Xehanort announcing Keyblade Mania, and it, you had six years of people speculating what the heck is Keyblade Mania going to be. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, there's going to be giant Keyblades running around and <laughs> just punching people. Like, I don't... Know. Yeah, uh, I do really do mean like people had in their heads what they thought Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to be for six years, and that much time is enough to make people just like imagine a version of the game is not, that's not what they're going to get because unfortunately this game still had some problems in development. Like they had to change engines partway through.
1: Which is always wild when a game survives that, to my to yeah. my understanding.
0: The fact that it came out in this state, and is as good as it is. Like, I think is quite a testament to it. Like, I can understand, like, not liking some of the Disney worlds in this. We all had our own agreements and disagreements about what was good and what was not. Uh, and really and
1: I really think Remind is a sign that there was they definitely just kind of didn't get everything finished like they hoped. And that's kind of yeah. why I ended up in that form, like all the extra ideas and so forth.
0: And that's fine. But they still created, like, a core gameplay experience that I think was the most satisfying of all the experiences they put for, for us. Um, like, the things that work about the magic system from 2, the uh, shot locks, and and uh, form changes from Birth by Sleep. Motion so from-
1: horrified to read that apparently there was early plans, they thought about using the command deck. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm no. glad they didn't! Yeah, That would be bad. Oof. That would not
1: work for this game. <laughs> but Yeah, so that's just... We really got it all in two episodes to just blow through everything. I just the these big, massive final sections of this game.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. the, there's a lot that happens. I think they made it pay off pretty well, especially once you include
0: Remind. Oh, man. Before Remind, I was just kind of like, yeah, that was a pretty good game. The games have been incomplete. It's still my, probably my favorite, but uh, maybe other things are a bit I like a bit more. But after Remind, I'm like this is the most keynote shit they've ever done. <laughs> incredible. So, I I love it.
2: And so there's there's really just one more thing that remains for us to do and we will get to it next week. Yep.
1: Next week, let's see a recap in music form, which means honestly, we won't be talking about much of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, remember, until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends.
0: Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlog dialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release.
1: On the repu- No, I screwed that one up from the start. Okay, testing, testing.
0: out real quick uh for the bullshit for the anecdotes of heap please ew, luke sword saying useless it's all useless
2: <laughs> useless <laughs> yeah. useless it's all useless
0: time back in well he's sorry. he's gotta I,
2: face I, the black goats
0: <laughs> i like i mean it's ace detective luke sword right now so
2: <laughs> Ace detective
0: anyway go ahead sorry actually no it's me huh
1: yeah it's wide
0: Yeah, Say that again, please. Now that I am recording, this is just Goofy going. No
1: one says a dog can't. My Goofy is terrible.
0: How about Matt do that line because he's yeah. our Goofy voice? What? What's
2: the full line?
1: The joke, no, your earbud no, joke, you made about oh, yeah. dogs traveling through time. Yeah,
2: yeah. a uh, gosh, Nobody says a dog can't. Tra- or sorry, Gorsh, There's no rule that says a dog can't time travel.
1: All right, let's go I this guy. I I goofy, own. I just imagine Goofy completely missing the irony of it. Yes.
0: <laughs> Well, so, like, is Goofy talking about Pluto or is Goofy talking about himself? <laughs> yeah. So, so is like, Goofy acknowledging yeah, so, himself as a dog.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those recent cartoons, a really weird one where he tries to replace Blue as, as Mickey's dog, that would be easier. The, the Goofy in those cartoons is kind of a jerk.
0: <laughs> huh. One I know that. that's a an- Those
1: weirdly animated ones.
0: Goofy wants to be <laughs> Mickey's pet. Got it. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it,
1: it, it's warped. He likes
0: I think I, I've seen some stills that are just kind of like, "How the heck do we have this weird, gross-out animation in a fucking Mickey cartoon?" And they played it.
1: They played it non-stop in several of these stations at Disney World. I was there a year and a half ago.
3: Let's go to Skyline Kylum.
2: The
0: last non-Nort is number 11 second to last, last. second to last notch. two second notes to- man <laughs> I know thank you for correcting me I'm reading my notes too fast